It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. We have a great show planned for you. The first time Simone de Rochefort has ever been on. It won't be your last. She's great. Patrick Beja joins us from France and our newest Twit employee. It's all coming up next. We're going to be talking about HQ pivoting Fortnite in the advertising machine and the fragmented nature of gaming. Plus, Johnny Ive and the new Apple keyboard. It's all coming up next on Twit. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twit, This Week in Tech, episode 726, recorded Sunday, July 7th, 2019. Be my dream daddy. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans, who make the home buying process work for you. Their award-winning client service and support will help you every step of the way. Get started online today at rocketmortgage.com slash twit2. And by LastPass, the number one most preferred password manager. Just remember your master password, and LastPass remembers the rest. Visit lastpass.com slash twit to learn more. And by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products. Introducing the new Casper Hybrid Mattresses, featuring their award-winning foam layers now combined with springs. Get $100 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash twit1 and using the promo code TWIT1 at checkout. And by Roman. Skip the waiting room, an awkward face-to-face. Get ED medication conveniently delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash TWIT. It's time for TWIT This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the latest tech news. This week, I am very excited. I'm going to do this. Let's see. Let's first of all introduce... Simone de Rochefort, who Ooh. is, yes, because she is Doom Quasar on the Twitter. You've seen her and heard, you've heard her on Rocket, the great podcast with Christina Warren and Brianna Wu. You've perhaps seen her on the Polygon show. She works for Polygon, but she's never, unaccountably, never been on our shows. And I'm just, just horribly uh, apologetic to you, Simone. So welcome. It's about time. I'm happy to finally be here. Finally. Thank you for having me. Finally. And we were thinking we were going to do a high concept thing. So we got Pat, we thought, let's do this and make it all French people. So we got Patrick Béja on, who is, of course, from FrenchSpin.com. He is one of our favorites. You've been, how many years have you been doing Twitter? At least a decade. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think the first time I, I think I came to the cottage, um, the cottage. Was it the, wow. This, this one is the brick house. And uh, it was the cottage with uh, Nicole and Mark Spagnolo. We went oh, on a yes. road trip. Yeah. yeah. The Wood Whisperer. The Wood Whisperer. And he exactly. brought me a beautiful cabinet, which still is in my uh, living room. I love it. It's a charging cabinet. Yeah. Nice. Is that, that how I, we met? Through I had Nicole. That's great. I think so. Or maybe it was at Podcast Expo uh, the maybe. year before, something like that. But yeah, it's it's been a while. It it's has thrilled been to a have long you time. back, as always. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I want to introduce the newest member of the Twit family. Now, you're all in the family, but some closer than others. <laughs> this, this guy uh, was a distant cousin and is now my son. Micah, I've adopted Micah Sargent. <laughs> he is uh, joining us at twit.tv. We're very excited. Uh, we asked him last week, I think. He said, unaccountably, without even coming to Petaluma to visit, you'd never been here, right? Yeah, you really called me out there, Leo. 
<laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> I said, okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do okay, it. Okay, I'll do it. You know, it was really kind of a, a no-brainer situation in the end is, is how I felt about it. And I've lived in California Did, did Lisa before. tell you how much we're going to pay you? She said $2. Okay, so you know. So I knew that I'd be able to make it here, yeah. So we're good. Yeah. From uh, you moving here from St. Joseph, Missouri. St. Joseph, Missouri. That's a big move with your puppies. My two dogs. Yep. I've got Henry and Mizzy, the chihuahuas that I probably talk about more than anything on all we the Twitch We love them, and I've seen, uh, I've seen pictures, and they're very... Uh, you're going to bring them in the studio, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah okay. I actually... Inf- I think that it's required in my contract that I bring them into the studio, yeah, Lisa says. Yeah, 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 we got the thumbs up on that. We yeah. miss our dogs, so we're we yeah. want to, we're going to adopt your Chihuahuas as well as you. <laughs> anyway, welcome. Micah will be hosting iOS today because, kind of coincidentally, because uh, we were we wanted to hire you anyway, but right about that same time, uh, Megan said, "I've decided I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be on camera anymore. I want to do more writing." So she's left. So you're going to take over from her. Yeah. Uh, are you going to do Tech News Weekly as well? Yeah, Tech Jason? News Weekly okay. as well. So kind of. Uh, but the main reason there. we wanted to bring you in is we have lots of new shows we want you to do. So you're going to be very, very busy. Yes. Yes, indeed. And very I'm excited busy. about it. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks to all three of you uh, for joining us. So yeah. we thought since we have a lot of gamers, we should probably talk about gaming. Um, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I mean, the games games are fun to talk about. How about actually? Yeah. This is a gaming story that is more than gaming. Um, remember HQ? Yeah, that fun game oh. with that guy <laughs> with that guy who everybody's forgotten. Who did Ken the Rega- thing? What was his name? Rega- uh, Scott. His Scott name was Rogowski. Scott. Scott Rogowski. Scott Bakula. Yeah. And he was a big star, and then he left, and then the CEO got rid of the other founder. Then the CEO died, and the other founder came back. It's been kind of crazy. According to TechCrunch, uh, they're pivoting. <laughs> HQ that Trivia has laid off about 20% of its staff. That's only six or seven people, but still. And they're going to go to a subscription model, $10 a month for a program called HQ Words. So instead of them paying you, you pay them. Well, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to still do HQ Trivia. I'm not, it's not, it's not clear from this article. But still, this kind of seems like too little, too late. You know, HQ fell out of the public eye so spectacularly, what feels like years ago. Um, and it wasn't now that long ago, actually. I know. But <laughs> it, it does feel, feel so like a long. long time ago. Yeah. 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 March 2018. A month? About a year ago. What is- I know who's going to pay that, right? To play a game. For, I mean, I don't know what what uh, Apple Arcade is, is going to be but, that, right? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Isn't Google I, doing that too? I think Apple Arcade is going to be cheaper. Yeah, uh, ten bucks a month, you can get uh, Xbox Game Pass. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's not aimed at the same kind of uh, players, I suppose, but. It it better be a really damn entertaining experience. It was cause... only a year ago that HQ Trivia was giving out. A quarter million dollar prize uh, for money they didn't have. Yeah, turns out (laughs) it wasn't a sustainable. We shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't laugh. I know it's very sad. Did did uh, HQ Words, whatever the hell that is, heck, that is. Sorry, nobody's ever heard of it. I know. Did it have a? It didn't have a subscription before though, and now they're making it a subscription service. Um, Because that. Sounds like a recipe for very angry customers. If so, people MoviePass showed us that people do not like it when they have to start paying for something they got for free. You still were, win money with it, but you pay money to win money seems like... Um, <laughs> oh, gambling. Mm, 
Oh, Listen, yeah. the best people always say it takes money to make money. So that sounds like a completely legitimate <laughs> must, must be legit. <laughs> so it is kind of like trivia, but it's words instead of trivia. Um, Gosh. Yeah. I uh, I feel bad, but you remember, um, what was the name of that pop game? Remember that pop game? What was it? Uh, oh, I've forgotten. It, this was another flash in the pan. I wish. And yeah. they sold the Zynga at the peak. And then the whole thing went down the tubes, and then Zynga went down the tubes. <laughs> Actually, Zynga... Was it one of those bubble games? Yeah. Zynga's sort of still around, but they're selling all their property in San Francisco in order to stay afloat. So <laughs> that gives you kind of some idea. Zynga took over our uh, our building, the old tech... Right, uh, Carson? Yes. The old tech TV That's building? Uh, and I thought the last thing I heard I about... Draw something. Was the oh, draw, draw something, something. Was wasn't that super, huge? Super yes, popular, yeah. and then Zynga bought it, and then nobody played it and for a Yikes. lot of money. And oh, and the other one was OMG Pop. OMG. Remember that OMG Pop? Right. That one doesn't sound familiar to me. That sounds like something BuzzFeed does. Well, you're not a gamer. You admit oh, it. Oh, that's true. OMG. I'm googling that. I'm a gamer, and I don't know what that is. <laughs> Thank you, Simone. Yeah, I, no, I maybe, remember OMG Pop. Maybe I, you I remember, remember I'm in like with you or ILWY. Does that does that ring a bell? Sounds OMG horrifying. Um. In in 2012, OMG Pop was the hottest thing happening. As you can see here, Zynga bought it for $200 million, shut it down in one year. What did it do? How old was I? It was a really fun game, but much like uh, HQ, it was briefly fun. Oh, it had several different oh. games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean... There's Draw nothing my more thing. Draw My Thing it. was the big OMG pop game. Draw My Thing, most popular one. You know, the name Draw even applies. Just yeah. Yeah. feeling too comfortable about flash. saying that. Is yeah. this recorded? What it was was Pictionary, basically. Aye, okay. Aye, aye, aye. okay, so yeah. Pictionary. So it wouldn't always be your thing. <laughs> Draw <laughs> his thing. It could be thing. somebody else's thing. There are, these are, I'm looking, these are, it looks like. This is how you get viruses, Leo. Yeah. Don't, don't Flash go clicking games. around drawmythingonline.net. Oh boy. <laughs> with the, with mobile games is that they rely as much on marketing as they do on uh, game design expertise. And so it's very, very difficult to replicate a success. And that's why all of these companies are having so much trouble. They have one game that works really well, but usually that's it. The only one that managed to do more than one was uh, is uh, Supercell. And they make games that are very cleverly designed. They are actually They're actual good games. Yes, yeah, because exactly. HQ yep. is a trivia contest. There's no, there's nothing special. I think you could argue uh, that uh, Scott Rogowski was the reason for yeah. its success. He was kind of fun mm -hmm. to watch. Yeah, it uh, changed. And if you didn't left. like listening to those hosts, which I frankly did not, with the couple times I played it, it becomes this Annoying. intolerable trivia yeah. experience where yeah. instead of answering questions, you're sitting there listening to someone stop banter. Stop talking. Stop bantering. <laughs> just ask me the damn question. I want to get this over with. That was kind of the best part. You always knew that people were playing the game because you would hear these little mumbles of like, can we get past this, please? <laughs> I never really played it myself, but I ha I can remember even um, colleagues being like, yeah, I'm just going to time my lunch break with uh, yeah. the time the game we, came and We would end the show at 6 p.m. so I could play HQ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are the days when the show was less than four hours Dyer. long. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, those were, those were the days. Anyway, uh, this is, yeah, this is kind of a, a, a long-running story.
in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. these flash in the pan games. Uh, everybody thought HQ was going to be hot. There were a lot of copycats. There were a ton of copycats, none of which took off. And then yeah, I don't know if everybody thought it was going to be uh, hot. It's it feels like there's a uh, subsection of the tech uh, community that thinks games work like tech, and since they know oh. tech, they know games. And the two are very different markets and industries. I think that's why we thought. Well, you know, some of the tech industry thought gaming was going to be, you know, smartphones only forever. And there was no room for a uh, portable console. But the gaming uh, industry and public is different enough from tech that these analyses usually, I think, don't pan out. So if you want to hear what's happening in gaming, um, you should ask someone who knows gaming. Of mm-hmm. course, that doesn't mean, you know, mobile games isn't a thing, obviously, but it... I don't it, even think asking somebody the, about, uh, in gaming because, I mean, you you know, you and Simone and people who cover the whole gaming sphere, maybe, but gaming is so fragmented nowadays mm-hmm. that if you ask somebody who's a, uh, you know, Call of Duty point-and-shoot first-person shooter player... They're not going to know what's going on, even in the Battle Royale sphere. They're not playing that daddy game. Let alone. What is that one? Daddy Don't games? call them daddy. Oh, wait. Oh, you mean the specific daddy game? Yeah, daddy yeah. game. Yeah. Daddy? I'm a daddy. What's daddy game? Oh, Leo. I can't believe oh, you just so said good. that. <laughs> what is it? It is a dating simulator uh, where you play as a dad. Oh, a sugar uh, daddy. Into- <laughs> Something oh, like that. You could be a sugar daddy. <laughs> Uh, but you move into a new neighborhood and there's a bunch of other single or not single dads and you date them. Wait a minute, you date the dads? I, played, I made Ernest Hemingway in you Dream Daddy. Uh, he was dads. my character. And um, oh, so, that oh, was an experience. I don't want to be so, sexist here, but are you a woman in this game or does it matter? Nope, you're, you're a man. You're a guy. Yeah, you're so it's, it's a gay dads. dating game. Yeah, dream, yes. there you go. Dream. Oh, Daddy. they're all dream, dream daddies. daddies. It was it was pretty popular. Uh, one of the most popular games of uh, was it last year? Oh, and you could design your your dad bod. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's me right I think there. You can be a woman, actually. <laughs> I think you can play a woman. Oh, but you wouldn't uh, do well in this neighborhood. You can play, you can play <laughs> right. as a transgender man, but you can't play as right. a woman. Is that a vampire? Wait, wait, so vampires? this is a, this is a okay. category of games. This is so popular. It's a category. Dating simulators. Oh Dating hell simulators. yeah! Oh, They're yeah, very yeah. popular uh, with uh, women and I think queer audiences as well. So oh, uh, I just see again. That's a perfect example. See, I feel like I I'm a gamer. I like to play games, but I never even heard of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about, like you said, games are very fragmented now and you're right in that. One thing that we try to keep in mind at Polygon all the time is everyone is a gamer in some sense of the word and that there is a game that they probably play, whether that is Bejeweled or whether it's Call of Duty or Fortnite. And Fortnite especially is very interesting because the people, people play it obsessively, but they don't necessarily read coverage of it because they're just in a completely different sphere of gaming you know they don't need coverage because fortnite is one of those categories where you go to twitch and and you just watch Mm -hmm. it and there's i would get i would bet even within fortnite there are different communities based based on which twitch streamer you know if you're ninja's community or you're and and it's all based on that I Fortnite is a phenomenon. I'm fascinated by it. It's for Nor for, 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 yeah. for Norton. It's for Norton. It's for Norton Knight. Uh the HQ of twenty uh whatever year we're oh, in. Oh wow. 
Uh, How could you ask Fortnite? such a thing? Oh my God. <laughs> very upset. <laughs> my mind is exploding. Are, no, are, you, right are, are you a Fortniter? Right. Are you a Fortniter? No, I'm not. No. And that's what makes me inaccessible to the youth. The youths love Fortnite. But yeah. uh, I, you know, and I love, actually love Fortnite. I think Fortnite is... Do you play? A, well, let me explain. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, it's a really incredibly designed game. Mm. I really think the design and the ingenuity and the cleverness that goes into it is fantastic. Brilliant brilliant model of uh, uh, financial model uh, on the part of epic because they've made Absolutely. billions and billions out of it without by giving away a free game so that's well done i see teenagers it's in many cases uh, if you're 14 that's your community mm. is fortnite that's where you live that's where you everything that happens to you happens revolves around that uh it's incredibly addictive and compelling the only reason i'm not a fortniter is because i get waxed the minute i parachute in does that mean dead i'm dead okay. now what they did nicely with Fortnite is you don't leave the game you just watch the guy who killed you get killed and then you watch him and then they keep watching till you get to the end Shot of the game Freude. so you can watch the very whole game. watchable game yeah. very watchable that's the other thing they did well it's a perfect esport game uh, but i can't claim to be a Fortniter only because i can't survive it's too I, hard i don't know that it's necessarily a perfect Esport because I think the reason people like watching it is because they find personalities that they enjoy watching, like not necessarily the or, most highly yeah. skilled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, like the time that Ninja streamed with Drake was huge, and it was because it's like, oh my god, Drake is playing Fortnite. This is wild. Um, By the way, I there are people Drake listening to this show player. who just heard three things they don't even know what, what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Ninja streamed with Drake Fortnite? What? <laughs> Let's back code? it up. Let's back it up. Do you guys can you talk about word perfect at all? Corel, anything like that? You could talk about anything like that. So no, I agree with you. It's a it's a social societal phenomenon, but is it a flash in the pan? I, I'm kind of more curious. I, I don't think it's already outlived the uh flash in the pan I guess timing, so. yeah. I guess. It seems like but a it's it's a it, maybe it's not a flash in the pan, but it's one of those very unique phenomenons that is as a center of many different things uh, that make it as successful as it is. And I don't know that there will be a lot of games like this, you know, to the level where you actually have uh, cultural products that advertise in Fortnite. Um, Look at this. They uh, just they just added Stranger mm -hmm. Things portals. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's become so yeah. widespread across a certain cross-section of the population that the, the, the things like uh, what, well, Avengers uh, was in the game, but that was more of a collaboration thing. But then John Wick had a cross-promotion thing, for, uh, and now um, Stranger Things Season 3. It is very unique. I don't think any other game has... Well, had quite that impact. And really, it was a copy of uh, uh, PUBG. PUBG. Yeah. PUBG yeah. initially. And then uh -huh. along came Apex Legends, and everybody said, oh, it's over for Fortnite. Apex Legends is growing faster than Fortnite ever did. And what is Apex it Legends wasn't over. still around? No. I mean, it they is, are. It but is. it's definitely but not. You know who plays Apex Fortnite. Legends? The kids who say, I'm not going to play Fortnite. I don't want to Fortnite's be. Fortnite's too kitty for me. Yeah. I play Apex yeah, Legends. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Because they're kid. six months older than the guy playing Fortnite. Oh, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, your point about it being a social experience for teens is so important because I think that is what defines Fortnite it is, is that it is a social network for young people. And it's also an advertising machine, which is why we see Stranger Things in there and John Wick being advertised to 
yeah, kids. But Keanu for some is immortal. So can you explain yeah. though? So you, we say Fortnite is a is a social media platform, but I'm, I'm the sure. lobby, right? It's the lobby. So in the game. You can you once can you're killing people. Or do you have so, to do that like via Twitch or something else? No, you're in the lobby. There's a big you lobby. Can, you can so the game itself has communication. No, you communicate. Yeah, you can yeah, you can people. turn on or off team chat. Um, okay. Which, depending on your experience, can be good or bad. Sometimes, I mean, I've heard a lot of stories about people, you know, linking up with another person um, and having a really good experience. I especially love stories of like people my age linking up with like a kid who's like, I don't know how to play, but I'm having a good time and like being able to be a good role model for them, oh. which I love. But then there are jerks as well. So, you know, it's a crapshoot. So is it kind of a two, there it seems like there are two forks. There's, there are the people who like to watch it. And Simone, you kind of talked about that being for the personalities that, that play the game. Mm-hmm. Like my little brother, he lives in Florida and streams Fortnite for a living. Um, Your little brother oh is a professional God. Fortnite streamer. Yeah, he does. He's Fortnite. living the dream, my friends. Yeah. Um, oh, and, living the nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the, that sounds like the nightmare, as does you can see. I'm asking, well... The game, not so much. It's and starting that was to be a grind be, for him. Yeah, and that was going to yeah. be my next question. What do you think is the thing that gets the, the personalities into this game? Is there something about this game in particular, or is it just because there are enough people interested in this game that they're choosing to sort That's of a great lock onto it? I don't know that I can answer that, because I feel I was foolishly late to Fortnite, I was not paying attention to it because I did think it was going to be like PUBG and just, well, I, I was playing PUBG at the time and I thought, oh, whatever, Fortnite, I don't care about that. And I missed the moment when it truly ignited. And uh, so you're a not a gamer. I am. You just lost all street cred. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Because I don't play Fortnite. It's the opposite <laughs> yes, of that. No, that's man. how the gamer community is, by the way. If you don't play. Oh, that Leo, Leo, stop! You're you're losing a little bit of your credibility here. No, that's the why gamer, they're hateful. The, the it's, if you haven't played Dream Daddy, you're oh, not a in gamer. that sense, in that sense, sure. But no, I mean, the I, gamer community and all their hatefulness would probably uh, consider Fortnite not to be a, know, a, a real I know. game. That's right. Exactly. It's yep. it's re- it's silly, it, it is what is really uh, yeah. unfortunate about the so-called gamer community. Um, it's very judgmental. You're gonna get in trouble there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I don't care. I already get hate mail from the gamer. Oh man! I think you're a gamer if you play games, right? Gamer. Even if it's Scrabble, you're you know if you're playing Words with yeah. Friends, aren't you a gamer? In the yeah, tech no, I think so. Games and mobile, I was hating on mobile, or right. maybe people could understand me hating on mobile when I was saying things earlier. That's not the case. Certainly mobile has expanded the uh, meaning of what a game is and what a gamer is. There are many, many different kinds of gamers nowadays, much more than a few years ago. Um, and ev- everyone's a gamer. That's completely true. What you know, the quote unquote real gamers will say, well, those are not this. I think it's fair to say it's not the same kind of game, just like yes. maybe a, you know, th- if you like action movies, you're not necessarily going to like the Outer Sundance kind of thing. Um, but you might. There is but a trend different. in it's our different. culture where pe- where certain things have become taboo because it's too risky, for instance, to say something about gamers is too risky. And so people just don't even talk about this. After Gamergate, it's like, oh, that's a third rail. It's like talking about mm. the president. It's a third rail. And so everybody avoids it. And as a result, 
<laughs> We're not talking about some of the most important issues in society. So I'll stay away from the president, but let's talk about gaming for a minute. The technical definition is somebody who plays a game. That's not what gamer, so-called gamers think of as mm-hmm. gamers. Yeah, It's whoever plays the games I like is a gamer. It's a weird thing oh. because a lot of people have pointed out, you know, we don't call people who enjoy TV TVers. TVers. Is that <laughs> silly? Okay, There's I so do. many different kinds of TV. Um, <laughs> but we point. have, I, I think, just because of point. what a niche hobby playing video games was in the past, kind of made it into a category that may not necessarily make sense. Well, you said uh, something on interesting. On a taxonomy level right now. In the past, it's changed now, hasn't it? So, for instance, I, think it has. I spent I mean, 20 hours, minimum 20 hours this things. week, playing Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Mm hmm. <laughs> now, so, I am, the right, reactions to that are going to range from your horror, Simone, or was it joy? I couldn't tell. It was kind of both. We're going to range from horror, <laughs> joy, horror, to you know. to joy, to joy, horror, to people saying, "Well, that's not a game," and yeah. and everything in between, right? Um, so that's why probably the other reason Fortnite's I, I want to stay with this. Why is Fortnite so successful? Is it? It's because an interesting thing is partly because once you're us, one of us, part of being one of us is th- the other is all bad. You know, them, you have to have us versus them. Wait, who's the us? The I us is Fortniters. Okay, Fortniters versus them. So which people is not play Fortniters. Fortnite probably think they I, are the only true gamers. I know. I, I don't wonder think, that, I think that that's necessarily Fortnite. true because I don't think that yeah. kids are thinking of it in that way. I think that they think of it more as a place to hang out with their friends or a common activity. Yeah. Although, hmm. There is the element of skins and bullying over skins that we can get into. I could see, you know, there are some games that are super intense and you like set up a LAN party and you play these games and you try to rank like, I don't know, ones that have lots of guns and and are militaristic and ones where you have to have very expensive computer systems to run them and that kind of thing. And though... I feel like these are, you talked earlier about the fragmentation sort of of, of what the sort of gaming industry is and, and what gaming involves. And I think that that also plays into which groups are being those sort of you are they and we are us. Because I think that Georgia Dow is an example of someone who pl- who knows how to play some more complicated games. She but has she her also own plays virtual her reality room in her house. Right. And she has three virtual Three. Rooms. Exactly. And she plays the Bejeweled and stuff like that. And so belonging yes. to those different those groups. Those lines have blurred. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that mm-hmm. it's necessarily but if, as a whole. But so when I as, play Fortnite, when I go in and play Fortnite, I'm a default. What does that yes. mean? Yes. I'm a default. That means that you're a big nerd. I didn't buy that a special only, skin. Oh, you're, you're using the default uh, appearance of the the character you're playing, and you so have like a money thing. Any. Yeah, mostly you're wearing the Kmart shoes instead the of the article. Nike Thank shoes. You. Kids are getting bullied into. And here's the tweet from downtown Josh Brown: The nine year old boys in my house don't call each other losers. They say he's a default. Oh, it's a term for Fortnite that. players who haven't earned better skins yet. It's the equivalent of the old Twitter eggs. Okay, earned. This is so can you get them without spending money? Some, but the best skins you have to buy. Yeah, uh, the most best of things. Them. Money. That's how they make money because the game is free to play. Remember, yeah. um, but I mean that article was amazing, and it certainly opened my eyes, and I'm sure uh, many other people's eyes to what's happening there. But I think also, you know, it's not a. Uh, it's not like 
bullying started with Fortnite. And again, Fortnite is such a unique phenomenon in the gaming world. I would be very hesitant to draw any conclusions from what's happening there uh, and apply them to a large section of the gaming industry. I would also Mm -hmm. venture uh, that I think the fragmented and hateful nature of, of game communities is, I, I don't want to say a thing of the past, and maybe, Simone, you have a different uh, look on that, uh, but I think after Gamergate, which certainly hurt us a lot, there was a reaction to it that was slow but deeper that kind of uh, forced us to look at how we were um, behaving in that sense and, and break the barriers down a little bit. And certainly there are still, you know, the idiots are still going to be idiots, but I think everyone else, um, not everyone, a good portion of other people started understanding what was happening there and paying a little bit more attention. That's the way I think it's at least starting. Simone, maybe you have a, yeah, maybe you would disagree with me. I, I don't disagree. I think that there there are still problems in gaming. I think it's kind of as it always has been been that there is a small group of people who are very, very loud and very, very angry and very, very mean. Um, But I do think that in the larger sense, companies are being conscious of um, being more inclusive in their video games. And also certainly, I mean, the world's eyes are opened to what happens when you let a hateful group of people kind of run rampant over a hobby, you know, without anyone stepping in and saying, hey, cut cut it out. Um, I, I think that there are still scars definitely on the gaming community from that. It's also the case that the gaming community is very diverse. So there's kids playing Fortnite, there's dads playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And, and dads playing Dream Daddy. And Dream Daddy. <laughs> and there's moms playing Words <laughs> with Friends or Bejeweled. I mean, there's a very... I mean, that's a little stereotypical all the way around, but I think that it does very much It's a variety of communities. So you can't really talk about a gamer community as one. That's what I, that's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling about it. And I think that that kind of, that sort of situation applies itself to a lot of things because, you know, we all have these little groups and we like to see these little groups as bigger groups because that means that more people agree with what I agree with. And so, whereas... You know, I think that if I if I'm not taking the time to be empathetic and understanding that others have different opinions and thoughts than I do and experiences, then I start to think that everybody who uh, wears an Apple Watch is going to get as many notifications as I do. So the notifications on the Apple Watch are annoying. Whereas for the the regular consumer, that might not be the case. And so I, what I'm saying here is, I think that those things can apply to all sorts of of industries and all sorts of subjects where we can sort of over engulf what is a larger it's, group than we realize it's a human trait yeah mm-hmm. and frankly yeah. if you everything we do as a human is playing a game of some kind whether it's a game to make more money mm-hmm. the game to have a nicer house there are there are many many games in the world and it is unfortunate that one of the human one human trait is this us versus them tribalism this, this it's, tribalism. it's built yeah. into our very so not, base brain not surprising and i do think would... that's not a issue specific to games no, that's something right. that's definitely been exacerbated yeah. by the internet 
and it's just kind of built into us, which is suck, sucky. When you go to which PAX, when you go to PAX, <laughs> is that a kinder, gentler? When you get there, it seems it always looks I from the outside. PAX. Yeah, from the outside, it looks like everybody's getting along. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I can't speak for everyone who's gone to PAX and had an experience there. Um, I, that company has had their kerfuffles and run-ins uh, in the past, but I've always found PAX specifically as a convention to be really nice and a really good time. Um, and I mean, you can see the whole community on display yeah. at PAX. Like yeah. there's all kinds of people there. So I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the differences, or I hope at least, one of the reasons why we're seeing slow progress, but progress being made in the good direction, is that in the gaming industry, um, we have kind of adults in charge, uh, I'd like to think. The companies are listening, not necessarily listening to the noise you know the the gamer gate did not have an effect on what kind of games or the opposite effect uh, on what kind of games are being made they the, the the people in charge saw that there was a representation problem and that it needed fixing and slowly we're starting to see these things happen so i i hope that this is showing that we're you know the, the industry is because we have adults in there um doing things differently than what you might think when you're seeing what the community is doing. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that's not inaccurate. Yeah. I think for, for bigger companies, certainly they are very aware of that. There are still issues with, uh, for example, I'm just this week, the developers of Mordow are having a communication mm. issue where someone on the steam forums <laughs> who's involved in the game said that, there would be a patch that would allow people to toggle off the presence of women and people of color in that game because just to basically satisfy people who enjoy a vision of white Europe. Um, and God. the PR company that manages that game is like, uh, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's a no, nobody's talking about doing that. So I think that there, there are still instances, unfortunately, where companies want to appease their perceived audience and will sure i don't want to use the word pander but it's the one that's coming to mind just lean in that direction and it might be a direction that's not as inclusive as we want games to be the thing that to me is the most interesting about this and we'll move on but is mm -hmm. that this is the first time that a that a, an entertainment medium has had such its its fingers so deep into into our culture movies tv mm -hmm. all have had you know, d deep impacts on our culture, but they were always kind of, that's the movie industry. That's the TV industry. Gaming is a, it seems to be a more intimate way of consuming media or entertainment wow. and as much more a part of our lives. And I think that's why there's so much emotional drama and going on around it much more. So just as you, you pointed out, Simone, nobody mm -hmm. says I'm a TV -er. I mean, you can <laughs> say, I love movies. I do love movies, but I'm not going to fight you over justice league versus, you know, Batman. Well, no, oh, some, some people might. might. I wish you would. <laughs> but that's that tribalism, I mean, <laughs> though. Like that's it goes back to that. I brought up the comic books. Yes, okay. Which one are you, yes. Leo? Because we can go. Right <laughs> I'm now. a DC guy. <laughs> it's uh, also a until very DC young canceled Mad you know? Magazine. By the way, <laughs> yeah. And then I am no longer a DC guy. That makes me really angry. But you could blame not DC, but AT and T for that. There's more engagement 
involved, what you're kind of talking about there, with with a movie, it's with television. Yeah, yeah, there's sort of these things that you can passively enjoy. But with a game, I've got to be focused. I've got to be, uh, you know, playing and engaged. And so by default, we give more of our attention to those yes. things, which then lets those ads and, and what have you, the, the, the people that are mm. teaming up with these companies, get deeper access to our attention. So yeah, I agree with you there that 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 level of engagement that's required gives. Yeah, nobody more says focus. Seinfeld for life, right? I'll and fight I, I you. Think what you're- Honestly, I think it's teenage boys. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> well, young but that's industry. a mistake. You're, you're looking at it too too and, deeply. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's, it's not a lot just of teenage in, boys in that care about this stuff. In fact, Gamergate was not just teenage boys by any means, was right. it? I want to so- get at what Michael was saying about. Um, engagement and advertising. Yeah, I do this when I'm thinking. I push my nose. You don't see that when I record Rocket because there's uh-huh. no cameras. Uh-huh. Holy moly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just- it explains why you have such a pert nose. It used exactly. to be uh-huh. like Pinocchio, but you've been pushing it in. <laughs> okay. 28 years of podcasting, baby. But no, I think that returning, kind of looping this back, closing the circle, going back to mobile games like HQ that are kind of flash in the pans or like... Um, Candy Crush, for example, those ones that exist kind of just to hook you in and burn through you. Uh, What does distinguish those mobile games from other games, I think, and what makes them flashes in the pan is that they compel you to play a lot in a very short amount of time. And I think then the wider audience burns out on that experience and you're left with those core whales that are spending the money on those games. But everyone else has moved on to the next thing because they're sick of it. Except it hasn't happened with Fortnite, or has it? Has it happened with Fortnite? I don't think so. That's that reaction, that that, that joy horror that Simone had earlier, I think, was about that. You're talking about Harry Potter, Wizards Unite, and you play it so much, you're going to stick with it after everybody else goes away. I have a heavy investment in it at this point. That's like Renee Ritchie and uh, I almost said Pikachu, yes. Pokemon Go, Go, yeah. yeah. Renee Ritchie is still playing Pokemon Go. Oh, heavens yes. I thought he'd switch to Harry Potter. Potter. I think he's playing both, but I don't think he'll ever give up Pokemon Go. (laughs) He said that uh, uh, Wizards Unite was too much of a game for him. Yeah, too complicated, too much. He doesn't want to do all the mechanics. Pokemon Go. Maybe I'm a gamer then, because I love Wizards Unite. I do too. Or am I a gamer, Leo? Hmm. Hmm. Wait, hold on. I'm judging. He's putting it in air quotes. This is how we think, Leo. Everybody touch your nose. Click mm. your heels three times, all right, and then give you scare quotes. All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a little we're gonna take a little break and uh, come back in just a second. That's our gaming segment. There's more we could talk about. I guess we could talk a little bit about. Uh, Patrick has a scoop, a scoop about. <laughs> well, maybe not a scoop, yes, a prediction, like. a prediction. Oh, right, that we want to talk about, and the, and and lots more. Johnny Ive leaving Apple. What does that mean? Immediately after Johnny Ive announces he's leaving, Ming-Chi Kuo says, Apple's going to change the, the butterfly. He's getting rid of the butterfly <laughs> keyboard. It's like, oh, well, we know we could blame for that. Our show today brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. So glad to welcome Rocket Mortgage back to our shows. We're big Rocket Mortgage fans from Quicken Loans, the best mortgage lender in the country, the biggest, the best, the most customer-centric it's hard enough finding the right house, but then you got to borrow money to buy the house, and finding that mortgage is just as important. That's a company you're going to have a long-term relationship with. Rocket Mortgage is doing more to help you understand the entire process so you can get exactly what you need. It's not just a mortgage. It's your mortgage. Their team of mortgage experts are obsessed with finding a better way, which means their number one goal 
to make the home buying process smoother. But they're, they're also changing the game, besides with their industry-leading online lending technology, but they've just helped millions of Americans achieve their dream of home ownership. And the testament to their success is that J.D. Power continuously ranks Quicken Loans number one in customer satisfaction, nine years in a row for primary mortgage origination, five years in a row for mortgage servicing. If you want more information about their awards, go to jdpower.com. When you work with Rocket Mortgage, you get more than just a loan. Rocket Mortgage is more than just a lender. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash twit2 and get the first step toward the home of your dreams. If you're ready to buy, go to rocketmortgage.com slash twit2. If you're getting ready to buy, go to rocketmortgage.com slash twit2. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 30. 30. One more time, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Push button, get mortgage. And we appreciate your support for TWIT by using that special address, rocketmortgage.com slash TWIT, and the number two. The next big thing in gaming is streaming. We're going to do one more gaming segment. I should mention this, because uh, you said an interesting thing, Patrick Beja. You said you thought Microsoft's streaming platform, which is coming out next year, will be also not just on the Xbox, but on the PlayStation. Why would uh, they do that? Why would Sony do that? I think there's a possibility it will happen down the line once we have a uh, solid infrastructure uh, uh, you know, of the t trends that are happening now, which are streaming and uh, subscription. And every single device in your home has a good controller. So... Anything can become a uh, game, a, a you know traditional console game machine. That's the promise of Google point, Stadia, right? Google Stadia uh, and you know others that are also uh, uh, being worked on by Microsoft and Sony and, and possibly others. I think Stadia is actually going to become the streaming service for everyone, meaning for every company. Uh, Microsoft is going to have their own, Sony is going to have their own. And the reason they don't have a subscription service at Google for Stadia is that they want to be the one for Ubisoft, Bethesda, uh, every other gaming company. So those companies would have a subscription service where you install the games on PC, but if you want to use their services on another device, you can use Google Stadia uh, to stream them to any device. So that's one thing. But the, the PlayStation aspect of it is in that world, imagine that world where any device is your uh, can be used to stream uh, traditional console games, you, you as a PlayStation owner, hardware uh, device owner, uh, have the option to go and try a Microsoft game anyway. Whether or not there's not the you know barrier to entry, which is going out to buy an Xbox anymore, you can just press a button and play on your Apple TV or your Android box or anything. And in that world, what does Sony do? Um, is it more clever for them to not uh, have uh, the competing service on their device and not get any money from it or have it because their customers will use it anyway if they want to and take a cut? Uh, and I think if, you know, you want to see the world at it, as it will be, if all, everything works out like that, um, you it's more clever to just put it on your service and at least... Since everyone's going to be able to try those games anyway, at least you get 
a little bit of uh, of money from it. So I'm not 100% sure it's going to happen because Microsoft and Sony are, you know, competitors. But uh, Apple has Google uh, Maps yeah. on its uh, device, or so I think it might it might happen. It, there's definitely a possibility. Which today, when you look at the way the market is structured today, it's heresy to think of something like that. It actually matches what's been happening in the rest of technology. Microsoft's a really good example of this, where historically these companies wanted to put up, and I think this is a good trend, I'm hoping it will happen more, put up uh, barriers, silos, competitive barriers. So you either buy an Xbox or you buy a PlayStation, and you either play Xbox games or PlayStation games, but never both. Uh, Microsoft has finally decided, for years it said, it's Windows, it's Office, we're going to make our money selling boxes full of empty air and a lot of bits. And they did very well in the 90s, they did okay in the 2000s. But a big shift five years ago when Satya Nadella said, you know, that's not the way the future is going to be. It's going to be much more platform agnostic operating systems to make a lot of sense. Uh, we're going to be in the cloud. And, we, and he said, tellingly, we will be wherever our customers want us to be, even if it's on Apple. And in fact... Microsoft Office, the jewel in the crown, the touch-first version of Office, arguably the future of Office, came out on the iPad before it came out on any Windows platform. And I think that, so. If that's, I think that's a trend. I hope that's a trend. And if that's the case, then it would make sense that Microsoft and Sony might bury the hatchet and be cross-platform. Certainly, Microsoft's there already. Microsoft will right. be anywhere. Microsoft they is all for this. Yeah, they like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole Sony. Sony there. When Fortnite uh, went cross-platform play on Xbox and Switch and Sony did not allow cross-play with other platforms, mm -hmm. everyone just rubbed their noses yeah. in it for a good while <laughs> yeah. and then they changed their policy. So yeah. I, I I think eventually, and I, I don't have any insight to this, but I think eventually they would have to see that their policy is just not helpful. It's not what consumers want. Do you, can you Do you think you could divide up the technology industry into... The, the people with the future on their side, like Microsoft, mm -hmm. uh, and then the people who are living still in the past, like Sony, trying to protect their, you know, rent-seeking, trying to protect their yeah, little Yeah, their little sandbox. Of, yeah. And you know who I think of in that category is Apple. Now, nobody, traditionally, nobody says, oh, Apple's the past. But I think increasingly Apple does look like this is an old-fashioned way to view your business. Like, you better use all Apple if you want everything to work. That's a fair, fair argument. That they don't make messages for Android. Uh, I'm surprised they still offer iTunes, but they didn't. When they bought Texture, they immediately killed the Android version of Texture, folded in Apple News, and you have to use an iPhone. But I feel that we might be seeing that changing very soon. We, for Apple? For Apple. Because every single financial call in the last, I don't know how many that I have transcribed, uh, services, services, services. And right after we see services, Service this is our crass platform. Yes. And what was it? The Samsung smart TVs have right. an Apple TV Come app. To think of it. That's right. We've got all of these little changes that are taking place that I think are sort of the writing being on the wall here. I find too. that really encouraging because I hate the idea of silos. I hate the yeah. idea of the e so-called ecosystem lock-in where you say, well, if you want stuff to work better, you just better buy all Apple hardware. That's how a hardware yeah. company thinks, mm -hmm. right? And then you don't get to it, use a cool thing like this with, you know, if you're super locked into one thing. He's pointing 
sitting at my fabulous Surface Studio. It's so nice. Which if, if this very were, beautiful. If this were only an iPad, I'd be so much happier. <laughs> I just I want a thirty inch iPad. That's you what heard I want. It. Uh, I think it's a it's a different case, though, because in in Apple's business model, a lot of their money comes from selling the devices, which is not the same, you know, as an example in the uh, gaming industry, the hardware makes little to no money. Nintendo is a little bit of a holdout there. But for Sony, the, the consoles is the way to get you in the door. The reason Apple is making services and trying to improve those is to sell you more um, of their, their expensive yeah. hardware. Yeah. Now, down the line, sure, it could happen if services become a, a significant part of their um, revenue. I think it's not at all unrealistic to think they would uh, transition. But at this point, I think it, it's not, you but, know, the strategy is to support hardware with things that are exclusive. So if those exclusive things are everywhere, then it loses, the, the, the whole thing loses value. I might disagree with you because really the reason they started focusing on services, in my opinion, is iPhone sales were tailing off. They couldn't, mm -hmm. they weren't making as much True. money in hardware. And they were saying, crap, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to replace that in revenue by getting making more money per existing customer. I mean, because at some point, we've talked about this before, the, the, the saturation. Once everybody who wants one of these stupid things has one, then what do you do? And that's where not only within your existing customer base, which is where they started, do you get those, those Apple Music subscriptions, but then you have to start to look outward and that's when you start to look at the fact that not all like that you you can have customers that don't use an iphone if you decide to go cross-platform i'd be very i mean certainly with apple tv mm -hmm. they're gonna ha they're gonna do that yeah. right yeah i mean you know you don't get jennifer aniston doing a tv show for you if you say it. but jennifer no only people who own apple <laughs> tvs will be able to see it that's, that's just true not gonna, that's not gonna work right um, unless you throw a lot of money at it. Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe Jennifer you will get. I don't know. Oprah? And is a lot of money for that you need to pay Jennifer Aniston, is that a lot of money compared to iPhone sales? No. I mean, I'm still... It's a fraction. Right. But, so. but interestingly, in fact, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Eddie Q that was talking about this, did an interview. Uh, he said, we are not going to spend the kind of money that Netflix is spending. Netflix last year spent, I think, mm -hmm. $8 billion. Apple spent $1 billion. Mm -hmm. And Q said, and that's our, that's our plan going forward. We're not going to try to make as many shows as Netflix does. Focus. We're going to focus on a few good shows. They don't want to take on that juggernaut. They don't want to be the next mm -hmm. HBO. Well, also, they can't. They don't have the same market saturation that Netflix has with Apple TV, I don't think. Well, that's exact, precisely the point. So if you say, well, maybe we'll install Apple TV on Samsung TVs mm -hmm. and maybe mm -hmm. we'll, you know, yeah, look at Roku. I mean, Roku is everywhere. They, what is, I just saw the market share. It's something like 60%. It's a huge market share. Whoa. Yeah. Whatever. I just became part of that market share. You got, got rid of my first, first gen Apple TV. My first Roku. <laughs> My first Roku, <laughs> dear Leo. Today I got my first Roku. But the only reason you would get you wouldn't get a Roku is because you bought shows from Apple. Because it does mm -hmm. every single thing an Apple TV does, except yes. for iTunes. Yeah, for a fraction of the price. That's what. Ugh, yes. Don't get me started on the Apple TV, which is my Netflix box, my way too expensive ah. Netflix. But it's the box. best way to watch Netflix, isn't it? 
The best way to watch Netflix? I think technically it is because Apple caches the Netflix content oh. on their servers. I think they're on Akamai. Oh, really? Yeah. And so uh, you're getting it not from Netflix, but getting it from Apple, you and you're getting a better... better so I'm I trying was, to make you feel thank better. Thank you. Like, why have I spent so much money on this stupid thing? <laughs> and now I know it's for caching. I'm going to throw out my PS4 and go get my Apple TV back. <laughs> <laughs> if you had an Apple TV one, you have definitely stepped up. Almost anything you bought would be better than the Apple TV one. Yeah. Was you that not so the one right that looks that. like a Mac Mini, right? Not that one. It looks like a Mac Mini. Oh it has God. a remote that is just like a single piece of flimsy flimsy metal that is the most unpleasant thing to hold well, the in funny the entire thing is, universe. They've improved the TV, but the remote still is, is the worst remote you've <laughs> Such ever used. Bad remote. It's still as bad. That's why I, use my I, I reached a breaking point where I was like, no, I'm not going to use this UI for one more day. I'm not going to hold this crappy remote that has no home button <laughs> no. on it. <laughs> you, and then you throw the remote at the TV and it doesn't even reach all the way because it's so light. It just kind of flutters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very dissatisfying. I want a remote you I can like break the, Apple the TV, TV remote. Yeah. Snap it in. You don't like it? Who, who are you? You the like original. it? Wait, oh, it's because you're French. You don't know any better. That's all. Probably, probably. That must be the reason. <laughs> I'm pretty, no, yeah, I, like I don't know I anyone who likes it. I, this it's is... the worst remote ever made. Do you not, yeah, Patrick, think... accidentally change? Look, it's fluttering in my way. Wow. Do you not there accidentally change the channel? Because oh. just by chance, this whole top half of the remote is like a swiping mechanism. So you've got it on the arm of your sofa and you just brush over it and suddenly you're half an hour ahead in the show. Does that not happen to you? No, I put the TV on the, the oh, remote yeah, you, on the yeah. coffee table. You put it, I put it in the drawer. My dogs, <laughs> my dogs are always zooming through shows. My, yes, one of my dogs will hop up. If a up Chihuahua can zoom the through a show, just no. barely so brushes up against. Dogs. That's the secret. And I'm like, no, no Mizzy, no. Leo, are you comparing yourself to a Chihuahua? <laughs> in some ways, is that? Yeah, he okay. likes Chihuahuas. Yeah, I want to be on Micah's good side. <laughs> well, you my and left Chihuahuas side is my make good the side. same kind of mistakes. So Micah, as he joined the company, got his own computer, and weirdly enough, he chose a MacBook Pro with that horrible butterfly keyboard. Do you like that butterfly Ooh. keyboard? No. Does anybody like the butterfly no. keyboard? Well, I don't know. Lisa Let's see. does. My wife does. Oh. The um, it's got it's dysfunctional. Besides having no travel. And stubbing your fingers, it Ow. Gets, if you get crumb, yeah, it hurts. Right? Just hurt it gets finger. crumbs in it, and it breaks, and it's an eight hundred dollar repair. For the longest time, Apple said, "Oh, very." What do they say? A small number of people have trouble <laughs> with this keyboard. Then Johnny Ive that's leaves. The that's the worst way of saying it. You know, every company now says that yeah. a small number, small. Or a small percentage, percentage out is of the seventeen million yeah. one percent. The percentage is the is the key word, the key cheat, right? Oh, it's a small percentage. Yeah, small one percent is uh, one point seven million people or something. Yeah. Um, so according to Ming Chi Kuo, and admittedly, this is a rumor, but I think it's a great rumor. Ming Chi Kuo uh, is an analyst in Taiwan who has great access into the supply chain. Mm -hmm. He has heard that Apple is going to source its keyboard from a new company, and it will be a scissor switch, the same style switch everybody else in the industry uses, abandoning its butterfly design. Quo said Apple's butterfly design was expensive to manufacture due to low yields. Um, but that's kind of a shock that Apple would stick with an expensive to manufacture and expensive to repair keyboard that everybody hates. Seems like. 
<laughs> Seems kind of contrarian. I don't understand why. But maybe that's jo- Johnny says, no, it's got to be thinner. It's got to be thinner. And now that Johnny's gone, I, I just can see Tim Cook going, is he, is he gone? Is he gone? <laughs> Bring out the scissor keys! Anyway, I hope it's not just a, a wrong rumor. I hope it's true. I hope so too. It would be nice, and I'm sorry you got that laptop. Look, we're gonna we're gonna figure out how to. Maybe they'll offer. I fix it. We'll offer you a like kit the touch where you bar? can play. The, the touch bar is fun. <laughs> what I like is having touch ID. Really, fingerprints good. Fingerprints great. Fingerprints Give me face good. ID, and we're good. Yeah, but I love having touch ID. The bar is fine. The keyboard, yeah, not great. Would all love right. to have some travel. I'm curious what you all think of this. If this is true, I will be so validated because I have been clinging to my 2015 13-inch MacBook Pro. Rightly so. I love it. I don't care that it's thick. I did the same thing. I find it pleasurable. Going to regret saying that, but it's a good (laughs) size. I find Um, it a pleasurable keyboard. I like keys that travel a long way every time I touch them. Everyone does. Yeah. I think that the rumor is probably true. They have to do something about this keyboard situation. They they just have to. Um, I don't think it's related to Johnny Ive no. leaving, though. Probably. I not. think it's probably. Yeah. And the big it's, question is going to be: Is the the new keyboard going to be as uh, thin or thinner as the the current one? It might be that it has just as bad travel size. Possibly. Make it thicker. Uh, yeah. Put more battery. I, Nobody says, oh, these are so thick. This can the also obsession fail. With, like, I disagree. Thin That's a Johnny Ive. That's from Johnny Ive. Drives me nuts. And I'll tell you how you'll know it was Johnny Ive. If Apple fixes this remote yes. next spring, <laughs> yes. then you know it was Johnny. The remote oh, is God. fine. <laughs> uh, but, but the 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 the, the uh, size of the laptops, I think, is... Is you know if you look at the fifteen uh, twenty fifteen MacBook Pros, they are noticeably thicker. And if you you know ask uh, an average consumer, I think they would agree that they like the thinner one more. Um, maybe reality would this would prove me wrong, but I'm sticking to my story. I really think thinner in this case is better. Yeah, it feels very fancy, but I. I like the heft of the 2015 MacBook. It feels just solid and dependable, and it might not be as pretty as the new ones. But And if you're ever being attacked by a pigeon, you know you can use it as a weapon. Yes, <laughs> I will and have. I have and will again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if your keyboard is breaking, every iteration of your keyboard is breaking four years in a row something's got to yeah. change. And, and that's the real question is why did, why was Apple so loyal to this? Uh, yeah, they were in the face of all. And all of their like dodging around it and making excuses yeah. made me very disappointed in, that, in them. And I, I consider myself, you know, a part of the Apple ecosystem. All right, Miss but... Apple ecosystem. Mm. How do you feel about this? iOS 13, they're going to, and if you have the beta, you can try this already. They're going to modify the uh, FaceTime eye correction so that, because, you know, the problem with iPads and iPhones is you're not looking at the camera. You're looking at a picture of yourself or your family member. They're going to make it look like you're looking at the camera. They're going to literally move your eyes so that Apple, that you'll look like you're looking at. In fact, here's, um, 
Here's a good uh, video from Dave uh, Shukin who posted this on Twitter. Watch the line as it distorts. It's distorting because AR is moving his eyes. He's not actually, if you look in the upper right-hand corner, looking at the camera. He's looking down. It looks like he's looking straight at you. And you can see that he's at, his nose and eyes are getting repositioned by the software. What do you think? Crazy? That is so cool. I think it's creepy. <laughs> I have thoughts. but I Why was... aren't you ever taking your eyes off me, Leo? You keep looking at me. Is there something I should know? Are you? Cr- it well, looks like you're psychotic. <laughs> but wait, it it only does that when you're looking at the small uh, uh, preview of your the person you're talking. Oh, to it's smart enough street, to know right? what you're looking at. Not- I, I think maybe maybe I got that part wrong. That's what I think. But if that that's I never what look it is, away from myself okay. when I'm on a call, so I don't. Oh, yeah, me yeah. too. I feel that. Uh, me too. Feel that it's because we're so good looking. Like, we oh, just were. Oh my God! I look like how this today. Wow. I am so on fleek today. Oh so my God! That's fantastic. <laughs> oh man! Stop making me laugh. It's hot enough in here as it is. <laughs> oh, we just want to make you sweat. Now, just touch your nose. Mm. Then I'll turn up the AC. <laughs> <laughs> oh my no, this. So here's my problem with this. I noticed they were testing this feature before you they. Did. Yes. And here's here uh, people are gonna be like, no, you didn't. I swear to you, I didn't know what it was doing. But my partner, I, I hate calls and I hate FaceTime and I hate phones up to my ear and I hate it all. But my partner really likes to talk on FaceTime. Really likes to talk on the is phone. That, is that always the case? Like, there's yeah. one person who does and yeah. one person who does. Okay. Yeah. I know somebody likes to text. I like prefer to text. They won't text or I like. Yeah, it's yeah. always that way. So it's always that way. I you know make the. Lisa's always calling me. I'm so don't call me. Text me. Right. But I, you know, I'll talk to him on the phone and FaceTime with him because he's okay, I guess. And um, (laughs) so I'm in the car, uh, not driving. I was in the passenger seat and he FaceTimed me and I'm looking in my eyes and my eyes look dead yes. and weird. That's what'll happen. Yes. Because they're not moving. They they look dead. They looked weird. I looked like I hadn't like had shark. sleep in like nine days. Yeah. And I, my mom was was driving and I said, can you look at my eyes? Am I okay? Like, is everything okay? I had just gotten over Bell's palsy. So I was genuinely Your concerned. Your eyes were really moving in yeah. the past. And so I was like, was, is Does one okay? eye move and the other one, one doesn't? One eye moves and the other one oh, didn't. It was boy. my right side that was frozen. Wow. So anyway, it kind of gave me a little freak out. And this was before they added the switch to turn on and off correction or the the eye correction thing and so when that came and people started talking about it i was like oh thank god i'm glad i don't look like that (laughs) because my (laughs) eyes look so strange and dead and weird and so i think they're still ironing it out and figuring out how to ar move your eyes so that they don't seem dead like you're talking about here's uh i think it looks kind of creepy this is uh will sigmund who is an Apple uh, guy, Apple... Uh, That's the one that made me like it, because he looks... I mean, he is smiling in the altered version where he is Here, made look to be the, looking at the camera. Yeah, yeah, the Verge piece. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it definitely, for me, it makes it look like he's more engaged, more, more connected. Yeah, I guess yeah. We, should, we should hide his... That being said, I had not seen it in motion as <laughs> you did, Micah, so let I me, could uh, be... Let me, let me, let me make this otherwise. be more uh, fair... Wow. <laughs> Let me give him a red beard. Okay. Now who do you like more? Actually, you're, I still like him more. Let's fix the cheeks. His cheeks. Okay, are, you got those smiles. Yeah. Yeah. This is. Just do the eyes. Yeah. I see why you use the surface. Now you there. see why Microsoft. Yeah. You've made him yeah. look like a victim of the Joker. <laughs> 
<laughs> Leo's making his first dream daddy, actually. He's my dream daddy. <laughs> Hi, dream daddy. Let's give you a little red mustache. That's why I have a dream daddy with a red mustache. All right. I'm sorry, Will. I don't know you, but I love you, man. Um, we can FaceTime and look directly at each other's watches. eyes. That'd I hope be great. he's watching right now. If he's watching, he's going, oh, crap. <laughs> that was horribly <laughs> creepy. Uh, <laughs> um... Actually, uh, I I uh, I think we should take a break. I'm getting a little. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's so nice to have have Simone de Rochefort on. Is that your real name? It is my real name. I was born with it. You were named after blue cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's Roquefort. Oh, and you call you said this was going to be a French themed podcast. Oh, you man. don't even know Roquefort cheese. Fromage. I just was in the mood for an omelette du fromage. <laughs> and Don't look at me like that. You can't bring back pre-show in-jokes. Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pre-show in-joke. Alert. <clears throat> anyway, Simone, it's, I don't know why we took so long to get you on. You're fantastic. Thank you for being here. She's a video producer at Polygon. She is Doom Quasar on the Twitter and one of the three hosts on Rocket. And you do such a good job with the ads on Rocket. I was going to say, after I heard your ad read, I thought, that is so soothing. That is the opposite I go for, of what I, I do. Yeah, you do the opposite. <laughs> but your strategy might be smarter because your listeners aren't falling asleep when they hear the ads. Mm. When you do that calm ad, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I always do the calm ad really calm. <laughs> Let's see if <laughs> I can uh, make you relaxed. No, actually, this one I should make you jittery because it's an ad for LastPass. LastPass... <laughs> is the number one most preferred password manager, a one you must use. Uh, we use it all the time. I've been using LastPass since they came out, so it's been almost a decade. And it, the nice thing is, look, I think everybody understands that passwords are the the spawn of Satan. They're the terriblest thing. But you have to somehow authenticate yourself, right? You have to prove to that website or that app, this is your account. It's okay if you take money out or whatever. So you got to have these passwords. This is not anything the human brain was designed to do. You know, when I was a kid, you didn't have to remember a thousand different passwords. The most you'd have to remember is your locker combination, right? I mean, that's about it. Your phone number, your home address. That's it. I could hold that in my mind. Now, which is, by the way, why all my passwords are a combination of my locker combination, my home address, home address and my phone number. Because it's still And what in were there. they again? Uh, well, it was 293642. And it... W Never mind. No, <laughs> I don't use those anymore. But for a long... I think a lot of people do that, right? They use... Uh, I actually do use my childhood phone number in conjunction with other things in my master password. Everybody take a note. Yeah. You'll never guess my childhood phone number. 555. Five, five. <laughs> yeah, 555. Five, five. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but that's the problem is we have to come up with these strategies. So LastPass is brilliant because you remember one password, your master password, and then all the rest are long, completely non-memorable passwords generated by LastPass, stored by LastPass, encrypted. So no one, not even LastPass, has access to them. They're only decrypted on device. Make sure you have a good, strong uh, master password, and I always use two-factor authentication. LastPass supports every kind of second-factor authentication. I use a YubiKey, so unless you have my keys, you're not going to be able to get my password vault. I think that's a really great way to secure it. We also use it in business because 
Uh, you know, I have good password hygiene, thanks to LastPass, but we want to make sure every one of our employees does because there are passwords. They know the logins to the website, to the databases, to everything. We've got to lock those down. LastPass Enterprise keeps our passwords safe. And LastPass has just introduced a new business lineup that I think is fantastic. And you'll like this. If you've been following security now or you understand the issues, you will really appreciate this. First of all, LastPass Enterprise, the one we use, has, uh, has just introduced a single sign-on technology, SSO, and already supported by 1,200-plus apps. So you can have a password, but you can also have single sign-on. I love this, which manages every entry point with one solution. Your employees will love it because they don't have to remember anything. It's very straightforward, but it's more secure than a password. So you'll love it too. They also have LastPass MFA. Now that goes beyond two-factor authentication, multi-factor. It uses biometrics, geolocation, additional factors to make sure that those passwords are super safe. Only the right users are getting the right data at the right time. That's important in a business because we might have the, you know, the QuickBooks password in our vault, but we want to make sure only people who should have access to that are using it. And that is an additional factor. I love it. LastPass Identity combines enterprise and MFA to give you a holistic view of end user activity from one dashboard that covers passwords, authentication, every app that's in use. You see that, your IT department, your security people see that. From a single sign-on and password management to adaptive authentication, LastPass Identity shows you this is why we love LastPass. They are on the front line of authentication and gives you granular control to IT, but also gives your users frictionless access. So they're more likely to want to use it. And I should tell you, Micah, that everybody who works at Twit gets a free LastPass account. That's part of your employment. I was agreement. wondering when I'd get the bank account details. Yeah, so. no, no, you don't get the passwords, <laughs> just, the, just the LastPass. We are very excited about what LastPass is doing. I think you will be too. LastPass, bridging the gap between access and authentication to simply and securely manage identity. That's really what it's all about. 13 and a half million people use LastPass. They love it. They trust it. You will too. LastPass.com slash twit to see how LastPass can help you. LastPass.com slash Twitter. Thank you, LastPass, for securing, for covering our assets, as it were. <laughs> Patrick Beja also here from Frenchspin.com. Not Patrick. Always a pleasure. Indeed. You, you are doing both English and French language podcasts, like Le Rendez-vous yep. Tech. And Le Rendez-vous Jeu. Le Rendez-vous Jeu. For gaming. Jeu, yeah. not jour. <laughs> Jeu. Jeu. Games. I got Jeu. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. Exactly. And do you do? I want you to do a new podcast called Omelet du Fromage. We all do. We need you know, that. That would be an amazing uh, <laughs> language uh, teaching podcast. How not to speak French? So it's funny because you learned that from what Dexter's Lab on Cartoon Network. And in it, he falls asleep and he speaks French when he wakes yeah, up, and all the all the girls love him for it. All the the teacher asks him questions, and he just says Omelet du Fromage, and the teacher's like, oh. Yeah. That's the best answer. You get an A. But Patrick tells us that's not... First of all, omelette is omelette. Omelette. And it's not du, it's o. Oh. So the only thing they got right was fromage. I mean, who can get cheese wrong, you know? <laughs> <laughs> omelette au fromage is how I should be saying And as it. I mentioned before the show started, I think every American person who wanted to make a joke when they heard I was French in my life has said 
some variation of really? omelette du fromage. No, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I hope I yes. didn't do that. Oh man, this was my introduction to you. I'm so sorry. It's, <laughs> it's just so part of my childhood, just, and oh. Oh, horrible. That means you're American. That's all it means. It, it's Confirmed. Everyone does it. We talked about uh, Johnny Ive leaving Apple. There was a Wall Street Journal article about it that Tim Cook was affronted by. And I can't think of very many times that Tim Cook, A, has been affronted, and B, has said anything public mm -hmm. about this. The article implied that uh, um, Johnny left Apple because he was frustrated that Tim wasn't the visionary Steve was, that they, that they lacked interest in design, that they didn't support his work. Uh, this is the title of the article in the journal. Johnny Ive is leaving Apple. His departure started long ago and has a big picture of Johnny showing Tim something that Tim's been looking at on his desk for about eight months, which is the brand new Mac Pro, and Tim feigning interest in it. But I think he's feigning it quite well. <laughs> Tim was hurt. Tim was hurt. He wrote to a journalist at uh, N NBC... Hi, Dylan. Hope you're well. I guess uh, Dylan, had, Dylan Byers had asked Tim Cook about this article. The story is absurd. A lot of the reporting, certainly the conclusions, just don't match with reality. At a base level, it shows a lack of understanding about how the design team works and how Apple works. It distorts relationships, decisions, and events to the point we just don't recognize the company it claims to describe. I can't think of, mm. I can't think of a single time this Tim Cook has been so pissed off. I think this is uh, a PR move. He's not necessarily angry, or maybe he is. But the importance here is with Johnny Ive being the, the second of the greats of Apple that defined Apple um, to not be at Apple anymore. I think it was very important to not let that idea that it was a confrontation between the two um, that led to his departure. Because if it is, if everyone starts saying, oh, you know, he left because... Cook doesn't care about design. It means Apple today doesn't care about design. And that's very, very bad news for, for Apple if that perception becomes, you know, common. So my suspicion would be that that was damage control before the story could, or, you know, the narrative could take hold. Yeah. And that's it wasn't just Johnny Ive who was kind of, you know, being criticized or, or talked about in this piece rather that he was going away and you know being disillusioned but also the fact that the team that worked under Johnny Ive felt like Johnny was always gone and not there to make decisions so it wasn't just that was demonstrably true though everybody has heard that story right. that jo Johnny set up it's, instead of even going down to the campus he had a place in San Francisco the team had to travel up to and twice a month they'd get to show him what they were working yeah. on and that's all and I mean, that is mm -hmm. not just the Wall Street Journal and mm -hmm. that article. Right. That's being reported for years. And I think, but I think that that's important to sort of talk about the fact that it's not just, uh, you know, a war between Cook and Ive, but there's a bigger story here about Ive also wanting to kind of step away and not do the same role that he had. Yeah. And those both kind of add up. The thing that really bums me out about all of this coverage is that by focusing so much attention and and like importance on this person we've put up on a on a perfect aluminium uh, totem <laughs> that he stands atop. Thank of. you, thank you for that. The pro <laughs> you're very welcome. See, maybe I'm not American. He might Who say omelette du fromage, but he does say do aluminium <laughs> correctly. Yeah. The problem with that is, drives me crazy. We forget the 
teams that create these devices. And absolutely, I, it dis- it dishonors them to yes. say, "Well, it's just John." As soon as Johnny's gone, yeah. then nothing can do. He however, doesn't sit down and do it all on his however, own. However, you got to say. And I th- I'm actually cribbing this from John Gruber, but but Jobs and I were the Lennon McCartney of Apple. I mean, it isn't like Ringo and George did any great albums. I mean, afterwards, unless you like Ringo Starr, is traveling. No, I, I agree with you, but that's a band where you really are having it's a this small group, small group, and and Apple's this twenty thousand huge 000, team yeah. of people that are just oh well now that Johnny Ive's gone you all who've been working on all these products for so long can't do anything yeah and that just really grinds my gears my aluminium yeah, gears that's a good point yeah <laughs> I don't I think, think that's one what aspect people of, are saying oh, sorry go on Patrick no no please please no 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 don't be a gentleman <laughs> <laughs> Patrick um, and then Simone. I don't think people are saying that Apple can't do anything. And Apple themselves always puts the teams uh, front and center to, you know, the annoyance of journalists that get their ears popped when they're at a show. Um, but I think there is some some substance to the fact that some people are in design. Uh, in design, some people are better than others and it's just like an artist you you can't say that the you know any artist can do the same as everyone else the concern with johnny ive leaving and you know the uh steve jobs dying is warranted you had a unique thing i mean that was really unique go ahead uh, simone Mm -hmm. i was just gonna say i think that Part of why Tim Cook is so peeved and also something that rings true to me is that the article, both this one and Bloomberg's piece, talk about the design team kind of seeking out Johnny Ives' approval, even as Alan Dye and Richard Howarth were essentially running the day-to-day of the design team. And it does ring true to me that because he is such a figurehead, it could derail production if people are constantly being like, well, we have to get johnny's approval on this i don't i don't consider these people our leaders i want his opinion his sort of blessing on this decision i think that that could cause dissension in a team i can see that happening if he is as you say a lenin-like figure yeah mark german's got you mentioned bloomberg mark german's got excellent sources inside apple and he mm-hmm. says and he essentially published the same yeah. story that wall street journal yeah. did so he's got the same sources they say he says uh, the company's closeness design team withered in recent years. Um, on the other hand, I think there are a lot of people who see Johnny Ives, and I don't, I don't mean this facetiously, but departure as potentially good news. Apple has been so design-focused for so long that they, I think they've kind mm-hmm. of lagged behind maybe in technology. And uh, I think maybe a renewed focus. Johnny was not a form-follows-function guy. He was all about form all about design remember his christmas tree no there are no, no no decorations on this they asked him to i can't remember where it was they asked him to design oh, a christmas London. tree yeah claridge's there yeah. were no there was nothing on this christmas tree it had no uh ornaments um his he his, didn't like buttons and ports his either toilet to be was fair one slab the of aluminium the americans go crazy with ornaments on christmas trees i mean it's shocking when you when you don't know, it's okay. But no wait a minute. Part of the- this is Johnny Ives' Christmas tree in the lobby of. You can't Claridge's. even see it. It's dark. All right, it's a tree. That's fair. It's oh, in no. dark mode right now. It's a tree. I take it back. 
I was wrong. I take okay, it that is, I mean, you see that, you look at it, you go, when are they going to put the decorations on? And what did he design? I don't understand how you design. Is that a living thing? It's a perfect. Nature made that tree. It's a perfect reflection. A, the a, the a, choice of having it. platonic its, idea you know. of a tannenbaum. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. So uh, I see what you're saying there, where kind of like what you the joke you made earlier about as soon as uh, he walked out. It's then, not just that one tree, by the way. There's other trees <laughs> that are just equally <laughs> equally barren. They literally just brought in a forest. You imagine yourself in a forest instead of just going to yeah, a forest. Yeah. Oh, it's growing on me. Uh, you like literally. it? Literally. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm starting to like it. I'm starting to like it. I, I think there is something there. I you like can it. find those in nature. I don't well, need to come but nature's perfect. Exactly. Why would you want to? Uh... Well, yeah, the, like, na what's that the nature's dead now. I can't remember the name. Du the, oh, God. Burnham Wood Burnham to Dunson Lane comes. Yes. He's brought Burnham Wood to the Claridge's lobby. <laughs> 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 Which I think means that the true king of England is dead. But I don't know. I can't remember. The witches, you know how they are. Um, all right. Anyway, we're going to see new era at Apple, perhaps. Yeah, with scissor uh, Jeff, key mechanisms. Jeff Williams, who is, I think the other reason that Tim might have been peeved is that the design team now reports to the chief operating officer, mm -hmm. a man handpicked by Tim Cook to replace Tim Cook. This was Tim Cook's old job, COO. He brought in Jeff Williams to replace himself. Mm -hmm. Jeff is an operations guy. And I think one of the reasons Cook might have been annoyed is that a lot of these stories said, well, how could an operations guy oversee design? <laughs> Cook's like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? So, uh, in fact, there's the Wall Street Journal. With Johnny Ive's successor, Apple bets a pragmatist can turn profit. Does anybody... Okay, this might be a little controversial. Does anybody really think that Apple's Wait. got any of that mojo left that it had under Jobs and Ive? I'm not going first. <laughs> um, uh, no, they don't. They I don't. think they're they they're still a different company, but it's been a while. And I've been, you know, defending the idea that we need to wait uh, for a few years because we before we can decide what Apple is, the post uh, Steve Jobs Apple is, and not, you know, bury them <laughs> early. Yeah, prematurely. And I don't yeah, think... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, and I don't think that they're they you know they are very worthy they're they're just another company that has a uh a, a, um focus on design because they're going to keep that and premium products and privacy now um but i think they haven't in order to make them the apple of the steve jobs era they need to be producing impactful products and while I love them, the most impactful thing they've done in the past few years is the AirPods. I really love them. I think they're a brilliantly designed piece of hardware, but they're not, you know, impacting society, except you see them everywhere. But uh, mm. it's the, the last one was the iPad. I don't think the Apple Watch rises to that level. It captured the market, but it didn't grow it. Um, so maybe it will change and maybe they will have a product that will show us they are still that significant. But to this day, I think evidence shows that they're still a very cool company and different from Amazon and Google and Microsoft and all of them. But I don't think they can be called, you know, the same Apple that they were under Steve Jobs. I don't mm -hmm. disagree with that. I, I, I quite like that. And I think, you know, when you're talking about impacting society, there are different aspects of that. 
pop culturally, Apple has had a huge impact with AirPods because I can't scroll on Tumblr without some joke being made about AirPods. You see them everywhere, and everybody's always talking about. You know, you know we've gotten used to them, them, though, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just. I don't kind think of a, you laugh at people anymore wearing AirPods. Certainly not. No, in fact, it's oh, kind don't. of the opposite. Like, yeah. it, it, and, and that's fine. And so there are different forms of impact that can take place. And that form of just sort of being in the fabric of pop culture is an interesting thing. See, I don't care about that. Anybody. See, I don't care about that. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested. Well, you're not a gamer. Innovate? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> gonna, are they going to innovate in technology? Are they going to find a new way to express technology that you, you cannot argue that when the iPhone came out in 2007, that was a, a complete paradigm shift in the world. Mm-hmm. We didn't know it at the time, no, that's but now... The, Everybody's carrying something very much like an iPhone, if it's not an iPhone, and staring at it all the time. And there's so many technologies that came out of it. This was transformative. Their next chance is AR, I think. Everybody's like, no. (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's possible. But the, the problem with AR is that they need a device. You can't have AR be that impactful on the phones alone. And maybe they will come out. I mean, for the future, certainly not now. You need a device and then you need content for that device, which I think has been the big challenge with AR and VR is just A, finding the market, finding the right device and then putting things on it so that people stay with the device. Well, ironically, Apple's the worst position to do that. You made an excellent point, Shimon, because I could see Apple designing beautiful spectacles that have mm-hmm. all the works in it and give you a heads-up display. But unlike Google, they won't have any information about the things you're looking at. Google has all that. That's true. So can yeah. Apple even make something know. without it's the data? Defined. The on-device. Yeah, that's a very that's but a really interesting point I, I hadn't thought about. Content-wise, they've, they have done the best job, uh, or at least they had the best plan. I don't know how well it's going to turn out because they did uh, start their AR content farming with uh, ios devices and sure it's not mm-hmm. it's not good now because again they need an actual device but they have more knowledge on the uh, developer community and an ecosystem than i think it's fair to say than any other uh ar platform now whether or not you know it amounts to something when they actually come out with it it depends if ar is good for anything or not and that i think the jury is still out on that is a very good point. And because they are the biggest mobile, like the home for developers on mobile, they do have access to that whole stable of people who are familiar with their tools. So, yeah, I think that's a good point that they they could have an advantage there. Here's here's the, the despite Apple's history of innovation after innovation after innovation, it's usually the case, it seems to me, in technology that if there's a real innovation going to happen, it's going to happen from a startup it's going to happen from not an incumbent because of the innovator's dilemma incumbents are invested in preserving their existing market Mm -hmm. only apple historically really has been able to do this kind of crazy thing where they go yeah we're going to destroy the ipod market because we're going to make the iphone and and that's a hard thing for normal businesses to do I don't think Apple mm-hmm. does that anymore. I think Apple is preserving its incumbency and saying, no, no, we're going to uh, make more money per customer. That's how we're going to stay in business. You know, it's not yeah, an unsuccessful strategy, but it's not a. it doesn't lead to innovation. Yeah, and they're late to making a smart speaker, uh, and they're jumping into the TV content game in the year of peak TV. And those things don't necessarily – they're not necessarily signals of something dire happening, but it is – 
just kind of following trends that have been established already for a while with Amazon Echo and Netflix and Amazon Prime existing. You know, we have too much TV already. Why are they getting into that now? Yeah, and I don't mean to say Apple's not successful. They are. And I don't mean to say Apple's a bad company. They're no different than Google or Microsoft or any existing exactly. company. Because once you're an incumbent, once you're that big, it's hard to do anything innovative. I wonder, though, if the big tech companies are so dominant at this point that it's going to be hard for some little guy to come along and say, I'm going to create ADAR. They you just look acquired. at people. At, at, yeah, there's so many um, Magic Leap and companies like that where they say, well, we've got this great technology, but they don't. Maybe they'll get acquired. I don't know. It feels like it's a different world than it was when Apple invented the iPhone. And I don't know who's going to invent the next big thing or where it's going to come yeah. from. Yeah. I think that's a fair, fair, uh, <laughs> fair concern. Because you do want those things, right? Yeah, absolutely. You want those game changers. Yeah, and that's where it's kind of a, a positive and a negative because sometimes when those big companies do gobble up these small companies, the companies are good stewards, but that's a more rare thing to happen. And they kill the innovation. Mm -hmm. they, they, exactly. They it don't. becomes part yeah. of it. But that's, you know, earlier I, I had mentioned that when I see Apple's next chance in, in innovating is in AR – I see that as still down the line. It, it's if we look at what Apple's doing right now, which we've got TV, we've got this. Those are not places where they have an opportunity to innovate. But augmented reality is not here yet. I feel you were, mm -hmm. we were talking, uh, Patrick. You had mentioned it's not here until we have the the hardware and and that kind of thing. And so if I see Apple figuring out another place to innovate, that's where I see it happening. And again, I know I talk about those uh, earnings calls a lot, but I do think that there are uh, threads of a narrative that come to exist in those earnings reports and. Tim Cook, you know, before they were talking services, 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 every single earnings call, he loved to to talk about AR. And right now, yeah, it's not great. It is buggy. It's say, all these he issues. He did talk about AR every mm -hmm. single call, didn't he? And that's why I think Has he that stopped? Did he stop in the last call? He has in the last call because services, services, services. Yeah. But... Well, that's a good point. We, wow. I think that we have to look at that and see that maybe this is where they're pushing their next big bet, but they're also making sure that they're covering their assets with these other things as well, where they can, you know, they can be in the smart speaker market and you can palm mm -hmm. a home pod and they can be in, uh, these music and stuff. But the next time they make a change that actually impacts, I, I wonder if they're looking to AR for that. You know, who's, you know, who mm -hmm. would, I would say pick as the innovator these days would be Tesla, but they're running up against a buzzsaw of all these other big, Car the companies. big car companies making and and, oh, and they're vehicles. just gonna they 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 created the electric car category, they made it acceptable, they made it positive, but it's gonna be all these other companies that are gonna make all the money off of it. Yeah, it's kind of. Mm. It. I wonder if the world has changed a little bit. There is, and we're gonna take a break, but there is a company that on on last this past Friday celebrated twenty five years. That may be the one big incumbent that could change the world, but we're not gonna tell you who that is. Think about it. 25 years old. Think about it. Who could that be? But before, while you're thinking, let's show you a little movie we made. I think John made it this week. We'll ask our, our editors to make little movies showing some of the best things you missed if you missed anything this week on Twit. Watch. Previously on Twit. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce you to our newest Twit host, Micah Sargent. Yay! Yeah, wow. Micah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I feel bad yeah. because... 
Uh, Mike is in Missouri right now, and uh, all your family is in Missouri. But we're all my family. They're, they're, they're going to allow us to steal you away. But we're thrilled. We're just. I couldn't be more thrilled. Hands-on tech. The cameras and video capabilities of modern smartphones are pretty awesome right now. So I went to Mountain View, packing my Google Pixel 3 XL and the Shure MV88 Plus video kit. And let me tell Ooh. you, this kit is made for portability. Break Weekly. This weekend was the 12th anniversary of the shipping of the first iPhone. Younger people who've never used iPhone, if you have a friend who has one in a drawer, I can't recommend highly enough you charge it up and say, wow, the screen is so rough. Windows Weekly. There were some more things testers and the fast ring can do with your phone on Android. It's still working on it. Oh, now you can configure oh. dynamic lock. Oh, I want to play <laughs> Harry Potter on my Surface Go, and now I can. Twit, I got your touch surface right here. <laughs> oh. By the way, it did not play well at all. Oh, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Surface Go, I'm sticking with the phone. Our show today brought to you, you might notice I'm very well rested. Have you yeah. noticed that? Yeah. yeah, I did. It makes you look younger. Makes you look, you get that dewy, fresh expression. I'm actually 94. I am. I'm 108 years old. But thanks to Casper, I only look like I'm 70. It's an amazing (laughs) thing. Our Casper mattress, we love it. Casper is an incredible online retailer of premium mattresses. They really invented this for a fraction of the cost. The folks at Casper realized there is a big inefficiency in the mattress market, and that's the mattress showroom. They take half the profit, the half the half the price of the mattress. They literally double the price so that you can go and live on a mattress for ten minutes in the bright daylight in the showroom to choose it. Oh, that's nuts! So Casper said, "Could we sell mattresses directly to customers, cutting a lot of the cost of the middleman out?" And yes, they can because they give you one hundred nights. To try it. You don't have to try it in a showroom. You have 100 nights to lie on your Casper mattress. And if for any reason you want to send it back, they'll come and get it. By the way, look at that box. It comes in the most compact box. Now, you're going to say, but how did I get it back in that box? No, you don't have to save the box. They'll come and get it, and they'll give you every penny back. Here's uh, We just got the new Casper, oh, the nice. hybrid mattress collection. Here I am in my jammies opening it up. Because as soon as the Casper is uh, out of the box, I want to lie on it. I love these Casper mattresses. They have created so many new technologies. Bedding, bed frames, there's that glow light I showed you. This is the hybrid mattress collection. And I like it because it combines the pressure relief of their award-winning foam mattresses. But it has springs. I know you're going to say, wait a minute, springs? Yeah, watch. Boing. Springs. I'll tell you why you want springs. First of all, it still fits in that compact box. But the springs give you elevated lift, active support, and durability for all body types. Increased airflow within the spring network so that they sleep cool. Casper's always sleep up cool, and that's important. Sleeping cool is really important to having a good night's sleep. Does that not look comfortable? And then, you see, I'm not a small man. I'm not a little man. And when I get out of uh, some beds, the mattress compresses to the degree that I kind of fall out, right? The enhanced edge support in these new Casper mattresses give you a firmer perimeter, and it makes a huge difference. I love our new Casper mattress. You will, too. Comfortable, soft, free delivery, painless returns in the U.S. and Canada, a 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial, and still it comes in that small box, which is great because you can get it up the stairs into your little apartment in Manhattan. 
simply and easily. I just love Casper. Get a Casper mattress today. You could save $100 towards your mattress. Just some of them, but select mattresses by going to casper.com slash twit1. Use the promo code twit1 at checkout. $100 off select mattresses. Casper, C-A-S-P-E-R dot com slash twit1. And use the promo code twit1 at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. I love our Casper. Me too. Got, you have a Casper too? Oh golly, I've got the Casper foundation, the Casper, the, yeah, the Casper bed frame, the Casper nice. sheets. The ca- oh nice. god, I love it. Oh, you know what I love is, in fact, I ask Lisa for it every night. Is my Casper pillow? Have you ever had a Casper? Yeah, I've pillow? got Casper, two Casper pillows. I got the uh, the King, and oh. it, it's pr- it's like a body pillow. I wrap myself around it, and Lisa likes soft, flat pillows. Oh I don't no, know why? I don't like flat ones. I don't want a flat pillow. She wants them to be flat, so I always and I say, Lisa, you have my pillow, but I notice she often has it. So I say, hmm. Give me my pillow. That's my Casper. <laughs> That's that one's mine. <laughs> I've been doing stealth advertising for Casper this entire podcast. I noticed. Uh-huh. I noticed. Oh, thank you. <laughs> On my you. so-called unmade bed, I'll have you know I don't sleep with sheets because it's ninety degrees here. You don't sleep with sheets. No. That's very European. Well, also, top sheets are a lie (laughs) from Satan as well. What? Oh, yeah. Top sheets. mm -mm. So so, that's the new thing now. You go to a hotel and they just have like a feather. Whatever. Yeah, like a duvet thing. Yeah. They just have a feather. Yeah, you lay under the duvet. No, it's a feather blanket with a a wrapped duvet on it. Mm -hmm. Duvet with a duvet cover. And no sheet. What is it? A duvet with a duvet cover. Can you be my daddy? <laughs> a duvet. I gotta with go a, with a duvet cover. Please. Oh my god, uh, duvet with a duvet. So wait a minute. I thought the cover was the duvet. The whole thing is a duvet. The duvet is the thing inside. You and put then a there's duvet a cover, cover over the top of it, and no sheet. No. What do they take the duvet cover off and wash it every day? Yeah, yeah. So you can keep the duvet for a lot longer on your bed, and you don't have to wash it so much so it doesn't wear out, which is nice. Is that what you do, Simone? I mean, uh. <laughs> remember no covers. Then. You don't have any covers. You sleep naked on the bed because it's so hot. Don't call me out like this. <laughs> I like top sheets, and I think it's weird and perverse not to have a top sheet. Listen, I don't understand top it. sheets. Is that an age thing? It's an it age. It might thing. be. There's like a website devoted to calling the out the French. Top don't even use pillows. That's true. I heard that. What? Now that is who, foul. What? Who said that? They sleep on Apple. First TV time I remotes. went to Paris, admittedly, this was 1967. <laughs> they had a bolster, which is this round. It's like a cushion you'd find on a sofa, round cushion. And I couldn't sleep the whole time I was in France. But I was admittedly, I was 11 years old. But th- you've gotten rid of that. There you go. What? I Throw your top someone sh- in town and country. It's time to say goodbye to top sheets for good. What? So what are top sheets? Oh, you don't don't even know because you're French. (laughs) It's just a sheet, right? It's a thing Americans invented for sanitation. It's a thing that Americans invented to get you to spend more money on So there's a bottom sheet that's on the mattress, and there's a top sheet that's above you. So you are sheathed in sheets, and then there's bedding, and the blankets are separate. It's just a sweaty, nasty mess. Bedding and blankets are separate, but you don't... There's well, yeah, okay, okay. It's still a comforter. If the comforter so the like comforter a, goes a over the top sheet. Or as we say sheet. in France, a duvet. Apparently not. He calls this it a comforter. This week in tech, we try to figure out how beds work. There's a comforter, 
And then there's a top sheet, and then there's a Leo, and then there's a sheet underneath. Yeah, I'm like a Leo sandwich with but sheets. But for me, it's a sheet on the bed. It? It's basically... And then a mica and like two an dogs. like an open-face mica. An open-face mica with two dogs, and then a duvet <laughs> with no top sheet. You get all tied up in it. You're trying to pull it up. You get hot because it's way too many blankets. You're insulated. It's Your feet are ugh. trapped in there. Your feet are trapped in there. It's all wrong. To, you don't have to tuck them in. Anyway, moving on. Now, 25 years ago, <laughs> uh, on uh, July 5th, 1994, Jeff Bezos went to the uh, business office, wherever you do this, and filed to create Amazon.com. This is a really nice BBC piece on the 25th anniversary of Amazon to show how successful they've been. And I have to say, if there's going to be a company that's going to innovate, even though it's big and successful, Jeff has managed to keep Amazon nimble. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Echo, which I don't think anybody thought the Echo was going anywhere, right? Yeah. When it first, yeah. I even think Jeff didn't. Th- it was like an. It was like yeah, very famously Amazon Web Services. Bezos said, well, "I still don't think the Echo is going anywhere. Really? I think it's going to explode at some point, and people are going to realize it's completely useless. I think it mean, physically explode. I think it created a category <laughs> just as much as the iPhone created a category. I agree that we will yeah, look back on and say, oh yeah, that's when that all that voice.' I thing know I'm started. alone. It's just I don't I don't like it, and I don't use it, so I base all of my uh, analysis. See, on that's my... what I'm talking about. We got to be, we got to well, put ourselves well, outside. There of ourselves are a there. lot of conscientious objectors to the Echo because yes. you don't want <laughs> something with a microphone in your house. In fact, we just learned that uh, Amazon never throws out those Echo recordings unless you explicitly mm-hmm. tell it to. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't bother me. Well, I think that's not a good look. Nothing um, bothers you. So. That just ain't it, <laughs> sis. And by sis, I mean Jeff Bezos. Um, I think that a lot of people that I know that have echoes, my mom, my grandma, older um, us older people like it. My well even my partner does not care about the privacy thing. Like oh it is keeping those it's, it to, does to not be bother. clear, I don't care because I don't believe that it's recording everything it hears. It's oh, only recording stuff after I say the trigger word. We know that that's yes. how it's supposed to work anyway. Right. Uh I don't have a problem with it having a hundred recordings of me saying play Britney Spears. No, yours yours goes, hey, get me a buy me a top sheet is what yours says <laughs> over and <laughs> over. Echo, what's a duvet? <laughs> omelet du oh, fromage. <laughs> Echo, I want an omelet du fromage. And she never gets that. She one. doesn't understand. Never gets that. Weird. I think what bugs me about it, and obviously it's not recording everything, as you said, but what bugs me about it is it's just one of those intrinsic things that is so easy to accept because you have to make Mm. the effort to tell it not to keep your recordings. It's so easy to accept. And they are using that data to eventually make money off us in the future. To what? Like Big Brother say, oh, in uh, 1998, you said, I hate the government. No, no, purely purely on a monetary basis, like all of that information, all of the information about where I go, what I'm looking up, what I am interested in buying can be used to sell stuff to me. And it's impossible to avoid. I get that. But that's part of the reason that I don't have an Echo is because I don't want to opt into the commodification of my existence. Which is totally, that's totally fair. Wait a minute. Whoa, that was a phrase. I liked that. The commodification of my existence. (laughs) 
just off the top of the dome there. Wow. That one out. Press that nose again, yeah. man. You're just coming that up with That heat isn't even bothering you. Wait, wait, wait. I what? actually press my nose to record myself, um, <laughs> and I never delete those recordings. <laughs> I think, okay, you remember the movie uh, She? Was it She or Her? Her. 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 So he, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix has a little earpiece and Scarlett Johansson, but it's not. It's an AI. It sounds like Scarlett Johansson. But I imagine they will in, you know, 30 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sound totally real. They're getting very close. Totally hot. She's Mm -hmm. super hot. And, but she also knows everything. And can do she? He can say like, "Well, go through all my email and and tell me." And she could do it like that so fast. I think that sounds great. Yeah. I yes, do too. of course. That's not what is though. No, but it's Once the, it's that. Oh, it's it's, it's no word. more that than the Atari video game system. Pitfall in the video game system was Fortnite. But but you have to start somewhere. Sure. Sure. But that movie yes, isn't but, the the more truthful look at how our future would actually look well, in that situation. Well, not to spoil it, but if you haven't seen it, watch it. And stop this uh, recording right now, watch it, and then come back because I'm going to spoil it. Okay, actually, goodbye. Actually, if you start this recording... <laughs> you haven't seen it? Simone, no, you have to watch it. No, no, I'm not going to do any spoilers here. All I'm saying is no, it's, okay. it's, not a, it's not a movie that involves the truthful nature of what our existence would look like with that, where there would be ads served to us. Science fiction. Yeah, and that movie's like, it's not about ads being shown to us because it can go through our email and stuff. And so for us, I do like that future and I like the idea of being able to have those different aspects. But you can't have that. Right. Unless you have have But that's the the movie would lead us to believe that you can without... without They don't talk, they don't address that. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that movie gives a really positive... At least at first. Anyway, I'm no spoilers. That's that's absolutely true. But I think you can have data. The problem is not data collection. The problem is data sharing. So if you have mm-hmm. a thing that allows you to keep the data in a place that you trust, you, you might have hacks and et cetera, et cetera. But that would not necessarily... You know what? It doesn't even matter. If an AI does what her does in her... No one will care. Everyone will just use it. Data collection or no data collection. I think, frankly, Patrick, we're already there. That's the point. We get such value out of it that people are just, whether willfully, blindly, or ignorantly, I don't know, but Mm -hmm. pretending it's not happening. I just, uh, Sam Abul-Samit, who's our car guy, was just on the radio show showing me the interface that GM and others are going to put on your car soon that will have... And it's hugely valuable. For instance, the data of parking spots nearby, and you could say, "Where's a parking space?" and then it'll, and then you, it'll say, "Okay, turn left here." Oh, that sounds great. Without adding the fact that probably some parking people will pay money to be the first on that list, it'll also have a. It, there's a Starbucks button, and you can <laughs> and you can pre, you could say, uh, "Where's the nearest Starbucks?" and make sure my drink is ready. It knows your drink, and it'll be ready there. All of that sounds like a convenience. All of it is advertising yes. driven and revenue for the car yeah. company, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. in and it's it's inextricable and it's coming. 
because your car, you know, with GM Arnstar uh, or with my Tesla, these are always on connections to the internet, knows where you are at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first got the Tesla, I thought it was going forward when it should be going backwards. I called them up and they said, well, wh- when, when did that happen? Oh, yeah, let's look at the log. No, no, you, you were in reverse. Like they know everything that happened wow. moment by moment. And you know what? I don't mind. Oh, man. When what I, are they going to do with that? That's so fascinating. Um, returning to the parking space uh, example is that that can the fact that technology and how much money a company puts into that technology can change how we perceive reality. Because if if the app is telling me, yeah, here's this parking space, it's free. This maybe it's the only one. You don't necessarily question that in the moment that you're looking right. for a parking space it's to huge. accept what the app is telling you. That's nuts. Well, and let me point out, as Sam did, that huge amounts of gasoline are wasted every year. People circling. You live in Manhattan. If you had a car, which I'm sure you don't, you'd be I nuts not. to. <laughs> but if you live yeah, in San Francisco with a car, you spend more time driving around looking for parking than you do going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so this will be a benefit for the environment. It will save everybody huge amounts of time. We're all going to be happier. And, you know, the other thing this comes out of is the information sharing that you didn't like so much, Patrick, because we've seen how poorly it works. For instance, many municipalities that know when the subway is coming or they know when the bus is coming, they know they have all this data and they should because it's their governments. We pay for them, the taxpayers. They should share that data, but they have notoriously turned that data off to things like Google Maps and City Mapper because they want to make money on their own New York City subway system application. Mm-hmm. We want them to share data. Sharing data makes this stuff more useful. So this yes, is the problem. Absolutely. There's this massive conflict between what you want as a private person mm-hmm. and what you want as a consumer of technology. And I don't think it can be reconciled, honestly. I think and a lot of the the feelings of ambivalence that ordinary people have when it comes to security, I think comes from the fact that it's too late for us to be secure in any real sense, because when we all first got online, we were like, woo, whatever, set up accounts. I don't know what a password is. So I I think for many of us, especially young people like me, you know, it's too late for me to ever have true control over my identity online. Mark Zuckerberg already knows everything. I was dumb. Yeah. Extremely online, as they say. But even if you're not young, even if you're old, when I first got online, I I shared everything. I still share everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had the thing that tweeted when you were on your way to work or whatever, or when you were arriving in the office. Oh, Leo. Stalkers are going to nab you. Oh, no, I hope they wish they would. Uh, (laughs) I had a little... Automatic, the thing that goes in the OBD2 port, and it would tweet when I was arriving at work. <laughs> scares me half to death. Why? Why did you. you do that? I have, well, you know, the funny thing, I've told this story before, I apologize, but you guys haven't heard. Um, uh, in 2015, I had a Why Things Internet Connected scale, and I had set up a Twitter account for it. So whenever I weighed myself, it tweeted my weight. I thought that would help me lose weight. It didn't. But <laughs> the funny thing is, and then I stopped using it, and nothing happened. The other day, I'm talking to somebody. She says, congratulations on your weight loss. I said, how do you know about that? She said, you just tweeted it. <laughs> I, had, I had set this up five years ago, Holy stopped God. using it, bought another Why Things scale like a couple of months ago. It was a new one? It was a brand new oh. scale and blood pressure monitor. It logged into my account oh my God. and started retweeting my blood pressure and my weight. 
Oh my god! But the, so that's, that's the welcome to the quantified life. That's I think Simone. I have to say. I feel really good about the fact that you and I were particularly freaking out about this because I do think that that gives some sense of perspective to maybe how we are having a little bit of a turn back where we're paying a little bit more attention to privacy. What are we going to do? Hey, I'm not paid to fix it. I just get to worry about it. We're it's making commentary generation, here. Yeah, your generation. Stop I climate mean, the, change. Stop climate change as you get into your Hummer and drive home. All right, I got answers for wow, that. Wow, we don't I'll even have for cars. The okay. <laughs> the, the, the sad reality of this problem is that if the companies are not going to be making money with your data, then you need to pay the product more. Right. And that yeah. means you are creating a, another digital divide between the people who can ah, pay for these things and yes. those who can't. That's true. And that's pretty terrifying. That's true. So the U.S. Congress has asked Facebook to hold off on its uh, coin, its Libra coin, its cryptocurrency, which, of course, Facebook's going to say, what did you say? I'm sorry, what? Sorry? Did you I say you needed tech support in Congress huh? again? What? Uh, but somebody pointed out that this coin is not aimed at the U.S. This coin is aimed uh, at countries where they don't have robust banking systems. People can't afford banking. And where in, you know the opinion we have in the U.S. about Facebook is not necessarily held worldwide. It right. will also be popular in countries where Facebook is the Internet, mm-hmm. much as AOL was you know, mm-hmm. the Internet. I don't know that. I I would have a hard time finding a country where Facebook is beloved. Really? Um, you th- are they hated in France? Well, oh yeah, they're they're hated everywhere. I mean, they're held responsible for all the ills of the world. Oh good, uh, okay. pretty much everywhere. Yeah. I mean, in India, it's it's maybe in India it's more WhatsApp. In India, they were Facebook. banned. No, no, and, and one of the reasons the Internet Org didn't work in India is because the Indians saw it as colonialism. They said, "No, we have plenty right. of experience exactly. with wow. the Raj. We're not. We don't want a new Raj in Mark Zuckerberg." They said, "We want the real Internet." Thank you. Very yeah, much. we'll take the full thing. Thank um, you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, and the the. The the thing though is that it is a uh, an American company still, so I think I'm guessing that the U.S. does have some kind of jurisdiction there. Maybe not, you know, the right to tell well, them, wait a second, what are it, you doing? And the, the Libra would affect the U.S. even if it's a. It's going to affect every else. country in the world and every bank in the world. Exactly. That's why they hate so, it. But I got to point given, out that Facebook only contributed the technology to a Swiss holding company that Facebook and a hundred other companies are members of. So Facebook preserved plausible deniability. So what they're going to yes. tell Congress is, oh, that's not ours. Wow. Even well, though it is. Still there's, they're going to hand it over at the end of 2020, yeah. right? Yeah. It's or theirs. 20. Yeah. I think it's yeah, 2020. They invented it and they created this cleverly, I thought, Swiss. Yes. Yeah, very smartly. Yeah. And, and if anything, I think it's probably the best that Facebook comes up with something that can work out in the crypto space because at least you have, you know, Facebook or the Libra Association, you have someone to talk to. If it's completely decentralized and, you know, the way that cryptocurrencies have been going for the most part and one actually takes off, you have no one to talk to, no one to actually ask what the hell is going on. I think, you know, Facebook is probably the best worst case scenario you can hope for in this uh in this, you know, with this technology. 
All right, I'm going to give you. My trust I'm giving you, in them is in the floor. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure. not even. But are you still you, on Facebook, though, Simone? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of we know. Yep. But we we put up with it because whatever uh, whatever the benefits. reason might be. Yeah. Because yeah. my dang mom posts photos of me as a kid every year for my birthday, and I want to see them. It's all your mom's fault. <laughs> all my mom's fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So all right. that works out. Who would you rather have as the creator? Facebook? Ugh, which is a I don't know that I have or... a good solution. Right. Okay. Because what I don't yeah. like about this is that it's Facebook and a bunch of already powerful institutions doing like an end run around a financial system that is imperfect, but mm. still does involve consumer protection and ha has been built to in some ways consider consumer protection and i i just don't think that facebook has ever had consumers best interests or safety at heart so that's why i don't like to see it i think they have a different worldview uh it may not be a worldview we support but they they have a mark has a worldview that it's that <laughs> nothing should be secret nothing should be private that we'll all be better off if we all just know everything about everybody, it certainly helps his bottom line too. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to separate his I doubt financial. He still moves. has that worldview. You don't think I, so? I don't think, you think he's, he's learned his lesson. I think he's shifting back towards privacy. That's I mean, right. didn't they have That's that right. whole keynote? That's right. they, yeah, he published yeah. a big yeah, post saying we're going to go end to end encrypted. So, all right, I don't really want to scare you now because remember, Elon Musk is putting up uh, with Starlink twelve thousand low Earth orbit satellites. Mm -hmm. Amazon has just applied for permission. To launch its own internet satellites, thousands of satellites in the sky, 3,236 satellites. Uh, basically, the sky is going to be covered by big corporations. And, and then I just read an article, I think it was in the MIT Technology Review, that we're not sure, but satellite technology, satellite camera technology has gotten so good. Oh, good. <laughs> that... It's very likely, we certainly don't know what the military is capable of, but it's very likely that the technology exists for them to see everything that's going on. If you're outside, oh boy. smile. If you're outside. Now, I don't know if they're going to put cameras in these big satellites, but. They say they're not. Yeah, who, who can really know? Who can say? Oh, Maybe you don't need cameras. Maybe, uh. You really yeah. learn enough from people by what they do on the internet, actually. Yeah, you connect that to that internet. That is a very you... good point. Yeah. But it's yeah, a different I, worry. This... Mm -hmm. If if the, the worry is that people know where you are, etc., it's not the same if they can actually physically see you any time of day, anywhere. You know, that's, that's a very mm -hmm. primal, visceral uh, privacy concern, which is very... I can guarantee you... If you ask people, oh, well, do you care that Facebook knows everything you do? They'll say, ah, whatever. If you ask them, do you care that they can actually see you from the sky every they might minute care of about every that. day? Yeah. At I that remember. point, they're going to be like, oh, okay, that I don't uh, like. I think this is going to be, we're just going to eventually just become inured to it. We'll just be, it's just going to be so ubiquitous that we'll just go, well, what, what are you going to do? I remember first yeah, showing my possible. Go ahead, Simone. Yeah, Facebook is the first step of that, I think. It's the frog yeah. in the pot of boiling water scenario. Mm. We're used to, as you said, Patrick, sharing stuff on Facebook. They know everything I do, whatever. The gradual progression of that over time, I think, will be, oh, God, they're watching me through the satellite cameras, but 
What can I do about it? Yeah, I want to kiss you, so let's go in. <laughs> let's go inside. <laughs> it's safe. Well, they're going to have cameras inside, too. Oh, crap, and microphones. There already are cameras inside. Oh, I've got an Echo they're spot in, in the bathroom. Glasses. Come on. Yeah, you you're beloved Echoes. It was hysterical. On Wednesday, Facebook had an image outage. So if you were on Facebook, you didn't see the image. But what you would see is the alt tag associated with the image, which would tell you what Facebook's AI had tagged your photos with. Now, you would think this would be a big, you know, eye-opener for people. One guy tweeted, Facebook, I forgot Facebook uses machine learning to tag our photos with what it sees in the picture. To be fair, one person beard is pretty much a spot-on description of me. <laughs> Your profile photo may contain one person beard. <laughs> but for some people, it was the AI just tagged my profile picture as basic. Oh. <laughs> basic. Ouch. Ow. Oh, default, I, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay, so... In terms of accessibility, I think this is fantastic. Instagram, not too terribly long ago, launched image descriptions. But shortly after launching image descriptions, which serves as alt text, yeah. um, they said that photos on Instagram would also be AI tagged as well. And so for that reason, I think that features like this are great. And I don't think that this is it's as for, scary. For blind people, this is huge yes. because you can at least get some idea of what you're missing. What, what, what is in the photo, exactly. For instance, uh, here uh, in a picture of Ruben with uh, six other people indoors. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just six people. We should describe what the photo well, is. Well, it's The for... Last Supper, and actually there's seven people. So he says, Facebook's broken AI photo recognition left one person out. It's either me or Judas. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook knows what Judas did. You and six people. There you love it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I love stuff like this for the same reason I like going into Facebook settings and looking at all the um, ad suggestions that they oh, generate man. for me. Because they're I always, love they're, aren't they usually pretty big? Do you think that's disinformation that they're making them bad on purpose? That's a good question. Oh, but wow. what would they gain from Leo, that? Leo, that's scary. Because Gosh then darn you would, velvet shirts that I want. You, you, it actually says next to Simone de Rochefort, velvet shorts. I actually did an experiment. I tweeted, um, I wish, I, I really don't want Facebook to advertise affordable velvet shirts to me. <laughs> I would hate to see cheap velvet shirts all over my uh -huh. feed. And eventually and did I did start seeing yeah. affordable Whoa. velvet shirts. Yeah. So, I kind of love that. I'm magic. glad to know such a thing exists. I could use an affordable velvet shirt. Yes. Let's, let's take I a break. I bet I got an ad for you that I bet you've never done on Rocket. Tell me. But I bet you, you support it. You uh oh. Know, you know that guys are terrible at taking care of their health, right? Because yes. when we're kids, we're taught when you're playing baseball, the coach says, you know, you get hit by the ball. They say, well, just rub some dirt on it, right? <laughs> like, you know, but, but coach, I think I have a concussion. Just rub some dirt on it. We're taught from a youth to ignore injury, that it's manly to. Go to the doctors like the like nobody wants to go to the doctor. In fact, that's why men with spouses live longer. Literally, I'm convinced because the, the wife says or the spouse says, would you please go to the doctor? That you've been coughing for six months. Please go to the, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, same is true for ED, erectile dysfunction. 70% of guys who experience ED, they just kind of live with it. Trust me, this is not something 
It's worth living because with living with it because you, there is a very simple cure. Roman is a wonderful organization. It was started by a young guy whose father is a doctor. He had a heart condition, didn't know about it until his father. Fortunately, his father's a doctor. Said we're gonna we're gonna take care of it. Cold sores, genital herpes, premature ejaculation, hair loss, erectile dysfunction. These are things. We as guys just go, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry. I don't want to go to the doctor. I'm fine. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED. If it's appropriate from the comfort and privacy of your own home, you do it online. It's really easy. You visit GetRoman.com slash twit. You'll do an online visit with an actual board certified doctor. And this is key. They're not going to prescribe it if it's inappropriate. But if they decide treatment's appropriate based on your medical history, what you tell the doctor, they can prescribe the medicine like any doctor Genuine medication delivered in discreet packaging right to your door, and you even get free two-day shipping. In fact, I'm going to make it even uh, better because we're going to waive the doctor's visit fee as well for you. So there's no reason to suffer in silence. Visit GetRoman.com slash twit. Connect with the doctor. Get your free online visit and free two-day shipping. But you got to go to GetRoman.com slash twit. I, I think this is so important that I really want to get behind it and really encourage it. If Guys, if you're watching and you're saying, yeah, 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 honestly, GetRoman.com slash twit. GetRoman.com slash twit. I'm really glad that uh, they, they decided to trust us with this because this is a, it's a hot-button subject, and I think uh, they trusted that we would treat it with the dignity that it deserves. Now, I am really curious what you guys think of this. Superhuman. You familiar with this? It was a, a email uh, company that raised a lot of money. And all of a sudden, um, this guy, Mike, at Mike Industries, wrote a piece about it that caused a furor. Superhuman uh, has a receipt system built into it. It's used by a lot of people um, to send out sales pitches and stuff. And what Superhuman does is they embed a hidden invisible pixel in the email uh, when that's an image. So when the image, when your email program opens the email, it ta- it tags the image server, and the image server said it's it was read. It was here. It also will say where it was read because it knows from IP address roughly where. Mike uh, Mike Industries Mike Davidson says Superhuman is a surveillance tool that intentionally violates privacy by notifying senders every time their emails have been viewed by recipients. Huge, huge kerfuffle. In fact, Superhuman, uh, the CEO, posted and backed down. He said, "Okay, we're going to change our policies." Uh, I agree. I think this is really interesting because. You're getting tracking pixels in every every single email that you get. Look in your spam folder. Look for tracking pixels, and you will find an immense number of mm-hmm. these. Every marketing message does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is hugely common practice, and people act like, oh, oh, that's kind of how I was feeling. It's about different this. when it's it, it is different. You know, you expect that kind of thing from a company. But when it's your someone that you know or you know you're you're corresponding with, I, I couldn't explain exactly why, but it definitely feels different to me, and it feels a little bit more icky. Okay, mm-hmm. Superhuman yeah. clearly took this seriously. Go ahead, Simone. I think for, for me, what bugs me about 
this uh, and it's something he points out in the piece. Uh, he calls it a dark pattern of ethical decisions to say, well, we do we have this tracking pixel why not do this other thing? If people are okay with this, they must be okay with this as well. And I think what bothers me about this, and it's not something that we can solve, is that once everybody is doing it, it's again, the frog in the pot of pot of boiling water. We can't really avoid or opt out of having our location tracked, seeing whether we've read people, seeing whether we've read emails or not. And it's just kind of exhausting, I think. I don't have a solution to it. I think you're right that, you know, a lot of people are doing it. IMessages does that mean does that it. Superhuman made an unethical decision? Do you ever, Still, yes. Do you ever turn on ethics. read receipts in iMessages? I, I don't uh, No, because that's abuse. That's psychological torture. <laughs> but, it's, but it's a feature you could turn on, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yes, it is. And there are those who point out, well, this is a problem with business emails. I don't know if you saw my email. I want to know if you saw my email. It's not unreasonable to say, did you see my email? I, so oh, this I is. I just automatically assume that every email has a has a read receipt I tracker use, in it. I only use email programs that don't load images, and I would strongly suggest that anybody who's worried about privacy just it's very simple. Look mm-hmm. in your email settings. Can you turn off load images? Uh, and in most email programs, you can. The ones I use, you can. And so those single pixel images are never loaded, so uh, they don't get a read That's receipt really from point. me. Superhuman responded. Their CEO says. Uh, uh, we understand. We hear you loud and clear. We've stopped logging information for new email. We're releasing new app versions that no longer show location information. I think that's one thing that freaked people out is that location information. Mm-hmm. He said, we never yeah. showed the city. We showed, you know, a ge- generic kind of location. We're deleting all historical location data from our apps. We're keeping the read status feature, but turning it off by default, such like Apple does. Users who want it will have to explicitly turning it on. And we're prioritizing building an option to disable remote image loading. So Superhuman actually, I think, responded pretty well. They were shocked, Mm -hmm. shocked that they got hit with this because they said, well, but everybody does this. What is generic location information, if not city? Is that like country, state? Um, yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah, you can yeah. see, okay, so we this do not, came in. He says, sometimes the product shows approximate location data, such as the state or country in which the email was read. Gotcha. We deliberately okay. do not show city-level data. Okay. So, for example, apparently I opened this email because there's Tuesday at 11.35 a.m. There was Missouri, comma, United States. That's you. Yeah. You're the, only, the only person, person in, Missouri. in Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> so you're looking at that, po- Mike's uh, Mike Industries, post. yes. I can't blame Mike for writing it. Um, I just... It certainly got people to start thinking. Yeah. But I, I would just say, I would go a little farther, say not only is superhuman spying on you, but almost all the spam every mail, you get all the marketing email, get. you get every newsletter you subscribe Sites to. Sites have tracking pixels. MailChimp uses it. Yep. Uh, a lot of... Uh, Don't you, know, you think it feels different, though? If I it's don't. from... No? I mean, okay. I guess if my grandma sent me an email, which she wouldn't, yeah, exactly. and she had a tracking pixel, then I would know that she did it by mistake. So I wouldn't be bothered by that either. Like, <laughs> Why does that bother you I if could... she did that? She wants to know if, if you saw it. Well, th- th- that's what I mean. Like, if it's on, then she did it by mistake anyway. But what if she did it by pr- on purpose? Hey. I'm try- Now I'm trying to think. It's Maybe like, I would be. If she didn't my- discuss it with me first, I think. Well, Simone, yeah, go ahead, it, please. It, it does bug me. Sorry, because I think a lot of times... Uh, I'll see a text message and I know I can't reply right in that instant. And it would really oh, bother yeah. me as it does when I'm texting my dad I on WhatsApp. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I swear I'm not ignoring you. And to have to like go through that, 
process of being like, I, I'm going to reply to this later, but I'm going to do this thing first. I just feel like we shouldn't have to do that That's with fair. remote communication. We should be allowed to take moments to ourselves and say, no, I will get to it when I get to it. I think it's fair to call it a dark pattern. I don't think also, that's, that's unfair. A cool phrase. And I like it. It is a cool phrase. Uh, if you yeah. go to darkpatterns.org, there's a, if you're wondering what that means, there's a really great site that explains that essentially dark patterns are tricks. They could be used by apps, websites, email programs that make you do things you didn't intend. Whether it's, you know, it's those checked boxes when you download something. Was it Facebook that did that where you, you authorized um, to have your email contacts? And then I think it was on one of the shows. I think we were doing a show together. Yeah. And they ended up <laughs> having you log into your email through yeah, their service. And then uploaded like it. Yeah. And yeah. uploaded it. That's, yeah. 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 So they have, this site is great, darkpatterns.org. They have different names for kinds. There's oh, one, there's Sneak Into Basket where you're purchasing something and then they put an additional thing in your shopping basket, <gasps> figuring you won't notice and you just buy it. There's the Roach Motel, which is obviously a site you check into but can't get out of. <laughs> There's privacy zuckering. You're tricked into publicly sharing more information than you really intended to. Like your location automatically being added <laughs> yeah, to a that, photo. I think and then that's, afterward that, that like, what Yo. Superhuman do it was doing was privacy zuckering. Yeah. Yeah. I love that phrase. I, I, you know, I watched this whole thing play out and I, 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 I understood the upset, but I think the upset depends on you not realizing how often this happens. You should maybe be upset about it, but you've got to be upset with more mm -hmm. than just super, superhuman. Now here's something I'm, I, I definitely don't think is a good idea. China is installing, forcing visitors who are coming in through the Xinjiang region that's where they're having all the trouble with the Ouija uprising and they're, you know, putting Muslims in concentration camps. Mm -hmm. If you come in through that that border checkpoint, they're going to make you install malware on your phone that download, <laughs> downloads text messages, calendar entries, phone logs, and scans the device for over 70,000 different files. No this, big deal. This is from Vice. Boy, I think we can all agree that that one That's is a bad, bad idea. <laughs> we can all agree that as soon as this article came out, the uh, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol wrote to China saying, hey, where can we get that? <laughs> Let's check out uh, that app we have there. I'd like to download that. Uh, you know, that I is the darkest pattern. Yeah. Yeah, this article is about Android devices, but I looked it up to see uh, what they were doing with iPhones. And the New York Times reported that they uh, would unlock iPhones or get iPhones unlocked and then connect them via USB to a handheld device. What that device did could not be determined. So they've Ugh. got their workaround for iPhone too. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Uh, I maybe question Motherboard's uh, decision to publish this on GitHub, but you can actually download the application <laughs> on BitHub. Oh, no, no, no. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe don't. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. no uh, you have to sideload it. But, uh, caramba. Uh, boy, there's so much I'd like to talk about with you guys. I just, I don't want this show to ever end, but after all, my dream daddy awaits, so. <laughs> I really hope to God that you do download Dream Daddy and give it a go. I just, I feel like I've learned something here tonight. I want to thank you, Simone, for teaching me. Simone de Rochefort is a video producer at Polygon, Doom Quasar on the Twitter, and mm -hmm. listen to her on Rocket, the Polygon show, and all sorts of other great shows. It's really fantastic to have you on. Please. Thank I you so much. I had a really good time. I hope we didn't scare you. 
come back. No, I'm glad that I could come educate back. you. You and your Casper culture. are always, and your, and your daddy are always welcome <laughs> on this network. <laughs> oh, Lord. My horrible laugh. Oh, Lord. I love your laugh. I always love you on Rocket, so I'm really thrilled to get you on. I feel like I'm kind of blushing here. Uh, and, of course, I always blush when Patrick Pejat tells me he doesn't use oh. red sheets. It's shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Frenchman.com. Trust the Frenchman not, to teach you about sheets, Of huh? course. He's taught me so much. Not Patrick <laughs> on the Twitter. Give us a plug. What do you want to plug today? Uh, pixels. Uh, if you enjoy gaming uh, and you speak English, and if you speak French, just try Le Rendez-vous Tech or Le Rendez-vous Jeu, which are my two shows about well, tech and gaming. I speak French. Avez-vous une go. omelette du fromage? <laughs> 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 Frenchspin.com. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Patrick. You stay up late with us, and I'm I'm very grateful. Thank you for doing. Well, this. thank you for having me. Yeah, love it. And, of course, we couldn't be happier than to welcome Micah Sargent, who's clearly going to be a big star here on Twitter. Thank you so much for giving us a chance to bring you and Luke out here. And, what is it, Mizzy mm -hmm. and all, well, Henry. Henry. Yes, Henry, Henry. spelled Henri. Spelled Henri. The Chihuahuas will be joining us. You're, you were out here looking at places, and then end of the month, you're going to make End of the month, okay. I will be here. Okay. Yeah. We're really thrilled. And uh, you'll you'll see him uh, Tuesday on iOS today. Yes, yeah. that was going to be my plug. Check out iOS today on Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> but you do like 800 podcasts, and I want to make a point. We are encouraging you to continue. Yes, uh, that was one of the sort of things that I would have been concerned about. It's like, oh no, am I going to have to give up oh, my too never. many shows? No. no, no. Nor do we gain ownership or anything like that. This right. is this is anything you want to do, and you know, in your in your limited spare time. Yeah. So somehow hours. I manage the podcast about Love the that. office yep. will continue. You better continue that. You've got yes. hundreds of episodes left. Yes. It's only at season four, episode 10. <laughs> yep. Every, so. every office episode, there's an We're episode. We're working oh, through wow. it. Tiffany Armand and myself. That's awesome. All right. Uh, and the website, chihuahua.coffee. Chihuahua.coffee. C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A.coffee. And start following Micah, because I'm sure you'll hear more about uh, his exploits here in uh, Petaluma, at Micah Sargent. Yep, on pretty on much all the social Instagram. stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That Facebook-owned company. Yeah. yeah, see, I I got rid of my Instagram and Facebook. I couldn't bring myself to get rid of Twitter, but I just... Facebook's gone, but I can't get rid of Instagram. I look at Twitter like this, I go... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I especially when it tweets out your blood pressure and your, and then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't even remember the password to that account. I don't. <laughs> what about LastPass? And it's using. Uh, oh, you know, this was probably so long ago that I didn't even have. You know, what? maybe it does. It, I should. You should check. The. What I do mm -hmm. know is that the if this then that uh, script that does that is on an if this then that account I lost oh, because I, saying that, I no. used Second Factor on it and then unaccountably deleted Second Factor. Oh, I don't no. have backup codes. Mm. That's all right. Can you, you can call, call him? You can call him and say, please But who wants it. to call But everyone. I don't want to. I like it. I think it's hysterical. It is funny. It makes for a great story. Uh, and uh, as long as I continue <laughs> to lose weight anyway. Thank you, everybody. We do Twit every Sunday afternoon, right about 2.30 Pacific. That's 5.30 Eastern, 21.30 UTC. Would love it if you stop by. There's a couple of ways you could play the home version of our game. Uh, you can watch the live or listen to the live stream at twit.tv slash live. If you do that, Please join us in the chat room. You can talk along amongst yourselves. And we always are watching the chat room during the show, so it's, it's actually great for us. Uh, that's irc.twit.tv. You could also come to Petaluma if you're going to be in Northern California. Please join us in studio. We had visitors from Australia today, and uh, actually two people ran out about halfway through. I, they had flown up from Southern California. 
But we've got Andrew visiting from uh, down under. Hi, Andrew. And uh, Charlie and Karen were here from Van Nuys. They had, I guess they had a plane to catch. Uh, and Devin and uh, Jolica. Is it Holica or Jolica? Jolica. Uh, visiting from Detroit. Nice to have you. All you have to do is email tickets at twit.tv. We'll make sure there's somewhere to sit. We'll send you a packet of information about how to find us, our secret fortress. Uh, is it, a, it should be a fortress on Harry Potter. I wish. We wish it was a fortress. <laughs> we don't even have an inn next door. You'd think. There's nothing. I ran out of lightning before the show even began, which is the only reason I paid attention at all today. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes they'll, they'll they'll take the camera and they'll catch me going. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you're really good with those gestures. I'm getting good at my traces. I was impressed. I love that. Thankfully, game. they didn't catch me taking selfies during the Get Roman ad read. <laughs> I just wanted to promote the That's show. The best time to do it. <laughs> it was. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, we have uh, downloadable versions of the show on demand, we call it. Some people call it podcasts at our website, twit.tv, or uh, subscribe. That's really the best thing to do. If you have a podcast application, just search for Twit or This Week in Tech. You'll find it right away. You can also ask your voice assistant. You could say, Echo, play This Week in Tech podcast, and, it, and she'll play it. Thank you all for uh, paying attention, staying up late, whatever you did. Thanks for ignoring it if you didn't pay attention, but I'm glad you listened. <laughs> Keep listening. We'll see you next time. Another twit is in the can. Bye-bye.